Hey everybody, it's me, Dearest Scooter. Welcome to Sleep With Me. I just wanted to give you a little update here. It is uh, Monday, January something. I'm coming to you. Well, I'm live right now for me, but you should be hearing this Tuesday night, and this is going to be part three of After the Glass Slipper. I got Obviously, you're hearing my voice. I got a temporary solution in place now, so we should be finishing up the entire first season After the Glass Slipper. Luckily, we had that. So we didn't have to meet, miss any episodes. Season 2 of After the Glass Slipper should start Thursday, either with this temporary solution or with a new one. But there should be a new episode up on Thursday. And then we'll go right into our normal schedule. Sunday will be a new Game of Drones episode. And Tuesday will be like a trending Tuesday meditation type thing. Or if I can recover the audio from last January, New Year's Eve's episode that I recorded, we'll do that. So that's everything's back to normal. Season 2 is going to kick off after Glass Slipper, tentatively called The Last Royal. Why? I don't know. I just like the way that sounds. So all tech problems uh, should be figured out. Uh, thank you for your patience. I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we had something to put up for you. Uh, those of you that are fairly new to the podcast or brand new, like this is your first week of the podcast, we're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. We've been airing some condensed older episodes the last three uh, shows. And those are uh, give you a taste for what uh, what the podcast was like early on to like not that long ago. And it follows the tale of After the Glass Slipper of Cinderella, her mother and her stepmother. And it's concluding tonight. I'm glad you're here. And most of all, I hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks for listening. Oh, and, and thanks for listening, and good night. Let's just try to, I want to thank some, let's see, I'll thank the iTunes reviews right now so we get some thank yous out of the way. I want to thank Katie M. for her iTunes review. I want to thank Mood Girl, who I may have already thanked, but Mood Girl and Katie M., I want to make sure they were thanked. I'm a Liam. I want to uh, say thank you to I'm a Liam. Uh, she, 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 or he likes the short stories, and the angry butterfly, Bernie and Ray, and Nicole B. Unfortunately, Nicole B. She get I got a song stuck in her head. There are reviews from December 29th, a song from the 90s. Nicole, uh, next time just write the song so I can you know more apologize because we do a lot of old songs here. But Nicole did not like the podcast and not work for her because I got. I'm thinking it might have been Susudio is a maybe, but that was an 80s song. So I don't know, Nicole, if you're still listening, uh, let me know what song. Uh, so I could just say the word, oh, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Just say sorry. Uh, if I could get Phil on, Phil Collins, Jack Steele, I want to thank for his review. He says things are awesome. And uh, thank you, Jack. RGLRLG1128 says it's weird, it works, and it's algorithmic. Thank you. I thought for a second that was RG3, but it's RLG1128, different code numbers. But your review, I thank you. George Cole says he's thankful. Him and Sheila are thankful for the podcast. And I'm thankful for your review, George. 
LRP 1980 has a review that I'm thankful for but might actually be useful too because LRP says, strange and soothing, entertaining but boring at the same time. But the main thing you're asking is, will this put me to sleep? A resounding yes. And then uh, LRP goes on. So thank you, LRP. Lauren, 3498, has a real nice review. Really nice thing to say. She says, you know, something she can't quite put her finger on, but it's part of her bedtime routine, and I'm glad for that. And then Kate E. May says, you know, around 2 a.m. is when she goes to the podcast, um, you know, and then we're here to get her back to sleep. So thank you all. If you have the time to review and rate us, it's a huge, huge help to make us algorithmic and help others discover the podcast. So th- And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your patience. I, w- I guess now I'm like, man, if I would have taken the week between Christmas and New Year's off, I could have aired those episodes that are airing now. But then my heart, then I would have. So everything works out because it works out. And mainly, good night. And uh, have a great sleep. just shimmering you can't really see anything on the other side of it kind of like the gray static of a old-fashioned tv but pre pre pre-digital tv when there'd be just gray fuzz you could probably look that up on youtube the four of them hold hands and they take a deep breath and they step through the portal slowly they emerge on the other side of the portal and they look behind them, and they can see the dull rectangle of the portal. Most portals I know are are, are ovals, and that's a more or uh, circles. I'm sure that's a more cinematic thing and more organic, but this portal portal happens to be a rectangle, and maybe fairies are more into geometry than. And science, I I don't know, but I'm just saying, you know, because I could notice some of you scoffing at the rectangular portal. Looking back, they see the room they left, but it's it's slowly fading. Then they start to look around, and they notice that there's nothing around them. Everything is a shade of gray, just one shade of gray, not the the fifty fifty shades popular culture right now they notice they look at each other and they notice that it's kind of like dusk like they're all gray too there's no real definition around them and everyone starts to get nervous yeah Roland speaks up for um uh Penelope uh which way which way are we headed next and where where, where we stay Penelope which way are we headed next I kind of feel a little bit scared well, um, I'm not quite sure, Roland. I, I the, Usually when I come through the portal in the woods, you know, when I was working with Cinderella, I would go and my day would be over. So I'd create the portal out in the woods and I would go through it. And I would go through the portal, walk through, and next thing I know, I'd be in my garden and I'd be looking at my flowers and my plants. Next I would... Enter my cottage, you know, I'd go down my little flagstones, fix myself an evening tea, 
have some supper, and then I'd knock off for the night, you know. Maybe do some light reading, or ha go have a neighbor over for a game of uh, Smash the Beetle. That's about it. Uh, you know, my day would be done, I'd just be relaxing and then going off to sleep. Before I worked for Cinderella, like I said, they kind of erase our memories, so I don't quite remember, but I have a feeling that's my routine. So I've never been in this gray zone. It's quite... I, I would say... I need to think about it for a second, because I wouldn't say we should just start walking, because since we can't see where we're going and everything's the same, we could quite easily get lost. Well, um... Penelope, this is Agatha, and we could be lost already because... Wait, are you sure you opened a portal to Fairyland and not Greyland or somewhere else? Uh, uh, oh, dear. My poor, poor Cinderella. Cinderella? Cinderella. And they look over at Cinderella, and Cinderella's just kind of staring into the mist. Well, it's not mist. Everything's gray, so. She's just staring into the grayness. Cinderella. Cinderella. What are you doing? Oh, I, uh... I'm seeing things. In the gray mist. The grayness. Well, those are just the, th the bugs that live on your eyeballs. They're floating around. They're called floaters. Oh, miss, I, I, I thought they were dead, uh, dead worms, the blood worms that carry our blood through our system. You know, like the ones in my arms are, if they're purple, I think they're alive. You know, the blood worms. The ones the leeches kiss. Well, I see, um, I don't know, I can't quite, quite make it out. I wish this was more like a drawing. Strange that we're all, we're all drawn and oh no way, I see something, up there. Penelope, Penelope, come here. Oh yes, Cinderella, what is it? Look, look over there. It's a, it's a. It looks like a. I, I can't. It's, a, it's. I can almost make out some definition, but I see a path. I believe. Come on, everyone, follow me. I, I'm quite confident. And so they start off down this path at Cinderella. Cinderella thinks she can see. Well, can you, Cinderella, can you describe me what you see? Well, it's a flagstone-covered path. There's a, it looks like a, a stone wall on our right. Beyond that, a field. And can it, can anyone, oh, oh, I think I do recognize where we are, Cinderella. We're on the outskirts of Ferryton. The capital of Fairyland. I believe this is the country road. But I can't, I can only see gray. I don't know what you're seeing. But, okay, well, just follow me. Come on. You know, there's something that looks like a cow, but it has scales. That's strange. Oh, that's a crabapple, Cinderella. That's a crabapple. We raise our children in crabapple milk. Those of us that are allowed to have children. Cinderella, I'm going to follow you. Penelope, I'm quite curious. You've never, uh, crow bobble milk, and you've never really talked about, uh, 
much about being a fairy to us and the, the rules and the laws. And this Krabobble Milk's the first thing I've heard about fairies. Oh, Agatha, you with your questions. Could, could we talk about this later? Okay, girls. Uh, and Roland, uh, we're at a crossroads now. I can't, I can't make out the words on the sign. But it's a, it's a Y. So we could either go to the left or the right. And what do you guys think? Penelope, any, any gut reaction? Hmm, well, uh, that's a good question. Are you sure you see a crossroads, Cinderella? Because, yes, I'm quite sure, Penelope, it's a crossroads and there's a sign. And it's split in a Y. We're coming, we're up the, you know, it's at, we're at a Y intersection, they call it, I believe. I'm no roadsmith. Well, Cinderella, I'm... I'm quite unnerved about this because, you see, in fairyland, crossroads don't exist. We don't have crossroads in, in fairyland. There are, there is what one road a fairy travels with each step. And I can't remember the rest of the poem, but it's like, there's one but one road the fairy travel, eat, a fairy travels with each step. Further towards... I can't remember, but I know there's no crossroads. This... Oh, wait. I think I'm hearing something. Left, come left, don't go right. Well, one of us is going to need to choose, Penelope, so you don't... Agatha, do you have a... Uh... Hmm, Cinderella, I'm not sure. If she says there's no crossroads, you're going to have to close your eyes and, and trust your gut. Okay, well, let's go left, okay? Everyone follow me. So they go left. I mean, to me, I'm watching this whole thing unfold. I still just see gray. But as soon as they go left, and they walk about 10 paces, and that, I guess 10 paces is what it takes all of them. Roland's at the back. They're all on this leftward path, and then things start to become more defined. And first, there's just a couple lines, like, Marking the side of the path, and then there's a then a path starts to appear, and then trees, and then color slowly fades in. Everyone kind of gets more and more excited. Oh, oh! I think uh, I see the path. No, Cinderella, I can see. Oh yes, I see. Cinderella, you chose wisely. Cinderella, um, yes, I th I think we're we're in good shape. Okay, well, follow me. And then they notice. They, they start walking faster because they're excited and they see something in the distance, so they pick up their pace a bit. And the next thing they know, they go up a hill. The paths become more and more defined. and But then they get to the top, they're headed to the top of the hill. They can't see what's beyond the hill. They're running to the crest of the hill, and Penelope's I'm sure we'll be able to see Fairyton when we get to the top of the hill. Oh, I can't wait. I love good views. Oh, and they're running. And Cinderella breaks into a sprint, and she goes over the hill. And then right behind her is Agatha, and she goes over the hill. And Agatha seems like as she crests it, she tries to stop. She's like waving her hands like she's falling. Doesn't look like she's falling off a cliff or anything. Don't worry, folks. I'm not going to throw them off a cliff. But she's trying to chop, and then Penelope plows into her back, and then Roland runs up behind them. And then as Roland gets over the top of the hill, we see that the path goes right into, drops right into a path, kind of ends in midair. 
and they drop off the path into like a cell on wheels, kind of like a Fisher Price, like you'd see in the circus, like like a cage on wheels that you might keep a lion in, and they all fall into that. And there's nice straw bedding, so they they manage not to fall on each other. And as soon as the four of them fall into it, everything turns gray again, and then the cart. The cell on wheels, whatever you want to call it, starts moving. It starts moving faster and faster. The gray starts going by. And you can't tell, but it's streaking by because they're moving so fast. But they can feel it bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. Everyone's in the cage holding on to each other. Holding on to the bars for dear life. Terribly afraid. And then the, cra- the cage shoots into a tunnel, and the tunnel's gray, but it clearly is like a gray stone tunnel, and they're flying through the tunnel, still blurry, but they know, they can feel the dampness of the air and the bumps in the road, and they exit the tunnel, exits the tunnel in this huge, huge vaulted room, like a giant dome, almost like you'd imagine a an ancient subterranean medieval subway station, just a giant vaulted stone room, and the cage rolls to the center of the room where they can see it's surrounded by it. It's like a ro- it's like in the center of an amphitheater. And the, r- the room's empty. And for a second everyone just holds on to each other and waits and waits and looks around. Suddenly Penelope looks around rapidly and she goes, Oh dear, this uh this isn't good. This 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 can't be good. Oh what's that, Miss Penelope? Why why is that? Uh what's uh what's the matter? Well, uh hmm This is familiar, I believe. This is the uh fairy hall of justice where justice is served. What do you mean it's the uh hall of justice, Penelope? Yeah, it's like, uh, what do you mean? Well, um, this is where they have the trials for, uh, fairies in poor standing, usually. So I'm sure you guys have nothing to worry about. Uh, Cinderella, what what are you looking at? Per- Cinderella, Cinderella, we're- Cinderella, are you with us, or are you still seeing things after, after you walked us into this moving cage? Well, stepmother Penelope Roland does seem more captured. And if we're in the Hall of Justice, one can assume that, unfortunately, we're their prisoners, and at the very least, Penelope's going to have to face some sort of silence. Oh, who said that? Who said that? Anybody? In the cage, all of you, silent. This is merely the voice of the Hall of Justice. You will all stand trial today for trespassing in Fairyland, creating a portal illegally. Hold on, folks, I got one second. I'm looking up other charges.
Illegal use of fairy magic. Breaking your fairy vows. Changing your fairy name to Penelope. Impersonating a fairy. Triggering fairy volcano attacks. Not carrying out your mission with mi not carrying out your mission with promptness. So we will have trials for Cinderella for manipulating fairy magic. Agatha for impersonating a fairy. Illegal use of fairy magic. Illegal trespassing. There's plenty of charges. Don't worry. We will be charging you with plenty more things. And your trial will begin in five, four, three. Oh, so excuse me, voice. Uh, you didn't bitch. I'm Roland. Uh, you didn't have to uh, mention my name. Ah, uh, Mr. Roland, you will. You, unfortunately, Mr. Roland. Uh, let's see here. You've kind of been dragged along, as far as we could tell, on this whole thing. So you're not, technically, you're not charged with anything but trespassing. But whatever the punishment is, you'll probably have to, uh... Yeah, you, you, you'll suffer the same punishment as the rest of the civilians. Two, one, trial begin. With that, the cage falls away. And then suddenly... All around them are fairies of all shapes and sizes, which kind of look like humans, just like the fairy godmother. They're all, um, like normally, outside of this trial, they'd seem like pleasant-faced people, like people that you see on the street that seem harm, not harmless, but comfortable with themselves, pleased and in harmony with the world, quite possibly. Uh, people that might actually be happy, uh, or... They could be on lithium or some other drug, but or in the state of the state called bliss. But yeah, today they're bloodthirsty, so they look like happy people that have been wronged. And they're everywhere, and they're jeering and charging and throwing things. And Penelope is like looking around. Oh, oh, they've called everyone back, it seems. And it's not often we have a trial. I've never... There's never been a trial in my lifetime. Usually there's just a sentence. There's usually not a trial, so... Oh, dear. Um... Oh, well, okay. And then, like, a platform rises up with it. It's, like, very... Not that different than our court. You know, there's a judge that his podium rises out of the rocks. And next to him's a stenographer. Except she just uses her wand to, uh... Instead of a, um steno pad or whatever the the key the key thing is there's a couple bailiffs and they start rough handling everybody and then there's a uh, a table with the prosecution who look a bit like happy lawyers if you've ever run across a happy lawyer but today they got their game faces on and they don't have um Public defenders in Fairyland, you always defend yourself. There's no, you don't have a lawyer. So suddenly a table pops up in front of them in chairs, and they sit down. First Penelope, then Cinderella, then Agatha, then Roland. And 
They're on the right side. The prosecution's on the left. They're facing the judge. Crowds all around them on these stone risers, you know, just like an amphitheater. And that's our court. That's our courtroom in this giant domed facility. Very Terry Gilliam-esque, I'd say. You know, let's just get straight to the trial. So the judge goes, Order in the court, order in the court. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, which includes all the fairies of Ferryton and the greater lands of Fairyland. Order in the court, order in the court. Ladies and gentlemen of the prosecution, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, all guests are part of the jury. We're going to start the trial with the ch most serious charges against one. Cinderella, please rise and step towards myself, the Honorable Judge Camtas. Cinderella, you are charged with trespassing, illegal use of a flying volcano. How... Do you choose to plead? Oh, uh, what? I mean, I get that we're kind of trespassing because we're here. But usually trespassing indicates some kind of intent. And we're just here because we had no other choice. So I was hoping we could work that out without this trial thing. Could we just talk? Uh, no, we're talking now. And I do not understand this volcano thing. The volcano appeared in the sky, wiped out my husband, soon-to-be ex-husband, the king's army, almost killed us, and yet it avert averted war. Threw him into a fit of mad rage and then flew away. So I did not have anything to do with the volcano. And to my knowledge, no one else did either. And she kind of looks over and... Penelope and Agatha are kind of giving each other looks. Usually, isn't this the part of the story where you people, like, look at Roland or Agatha, or maybe even myself, and you, you know, realize that one of us, like, strikes a, bears a striking resemblance to your, like, long-lost god, and then you have a celebration... You put one of us on a chair, a throne chair, and carry us around, and then there's all sorts of confusion, and maybe you, you put us on trial then, but then the newfound god gets angry at you. Ah, uh, no, that is not the case. And, um, regarding your explanation of Volcano, that's insufficient. I was hoping to be, uh, maintain a more polite demeanor in this course, but your actual... Oh, dear. Your actual technical charge is apocalyptic whoring. Now, we know that you used sexual favors to trigger... Cinderella, we've been watching you a long time. We know you're not an idiot. We know of your intelligence and your cunning. We know that you worked with this Agatha person who schooled you in hard knocks. And we've watched you work with Penelope. We know you wanted the king's army gone. We know you wanted to avert war. And you got what you wished as you slept with the king and 
threw caution to the wind. He knew it would launch an appropriate response, and the volcano was what we considered appropriate at the time. And hence, you're facing the most serious charge uh, among non-fairies of apocalyptic whoring. Because it could cause, you know, apocalyptic results. I, I mean, what if a volcano veered off course, Cinderella? Let's say someone, you know, we don't, we're us fairies, we don't know everything. And we merely send it out because we're told. Cinderella kind of gets that look on her face like she's about to cry. And she looks at Penelope and Agatha and they kind of look like frozen. And Cinderella does, she says, I, I just don't know, to, I did not, what's the penalty for apocalyptic whoring, okay? Because I didn't do it. Oh, Cinderella, the uh, penalty is death, as are most of the other charges you all are facing. Are you guys sure you want to do this? I mean, I have to get back to my people. The king cannot be trusted with them. And we have to figure out a plan to deal with that. I, I can't deal with... All of a sudden, at the end of the table, I'm going to make a sound. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me, Cinderella. All of a sudden, Roland stands up. He did cleared his throat. That was him clearing his throat, not me. Roland stands up. Cinderella, why don't you have a seat? Honorable Judge... Yes, Tam. Oh, it's a, it's a guest, Tam. Yes, Honor. Your Honor. Honorable Judge Castam. Esteemed prosecutors. Lovely stenographer and bailiffs. Gathered jury and honorable citizens of Ferryton. The greater lands of Fairyland. I am Roland Boxtock. And I'm here to represent and speak on behalf of the Queen, Cinderella, Agatha, and Penelope. And to speak on these charges you speak of, and we'll go with the, the more proper-sounding illegal use of volcano. For my land, if you were to call the Queen... An apocalypse whore, you'd be beheaded on the spot. No trial, sir. I'd draw my blade and cut your head out myself. Now, meanwhile, while, while Roland gets up, he, it's like he's slipped into some sort of trance. You know, Penelope, Cinderella, and Agatha are just staring on in bafflement and wonder. Now, Your Honor, members of the jury, you speak of illegal use of volcanoes as if they had an apocalyptic impact on Ferryton itself. Now, by my calculations, this volcano was never on a impact course with Ferryton. Is that true, Your Honor? Well, yes, but uh, the law does not allow for... Okay, okay, Your Honor. Your, your, your law is what you speak of. For I already said if we were going by my law, you'd be gone. You'd be a goner, Your Honor. And I might have to behead each and every one of you. But, 
just because the law says I shall, and I may, does not mean I will. Now, Your Honor, prosecutors, let's talk about the facts of this case. The facts are Cinderella, the fairy godmother and Agatha, have been existing and living their lives outside of Ferryton. Is that correct? Have been, well, I guess Penelope has been. Cinderella and Agatha have existed purely outside of Ferryton. Is that correct? Well, correct. Here on our objection from uh, the prosecution. Oh, we have an objection, Mr. Rowland. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just object. Well, oh, Your Honor, you, you overrule that. Now, at some point in the middle of planning the fairy Sadie Hawkins stance, Miss Penelope was sent to intervene in the life of Cinderella. Is that correct? Well, that's uh, classified, sir. So I cannot uh, reveal that to you. I'm sorry. Okay, well, uh, how about... Hmm, classified, eh? What makes it classified, sir? Classified by whom? Um, uh, it's just classified according to this, uh, this paper I have. See? See here? Here, I'll get it to you. Here, look at me. It says Cinderella, case 445776, signed, classified. Okay. And how are you supposed to interpret the law without the complete information, Your Honor? Well, you see, that's the way things are done here. Uh, we don't we don't have many lawbreakers, so we don't have many needs for. Uh, what is this nonsense, young man? Because I'm losing. Your Honor, jury, prosecution. When we cross through into the fairy universe, we entered a vast zone of grayness, where everything was a shade of gray. Or it almost felt like we were we were lost and very unfamiliar and disorienting. Ah, yes, that is the great gray zone that protects Ferryton from invaders. You were only allowed in because we allowed you through the gray zone, so most invaders would be lost there. Well, Your Honor, what would you say if I just took my magical powers and went into the gray zone and colorized it? Well, colorized it, what do you mean? Well, I just took some painting techniques and painted it to look like real life. It would look close to real life. You know, I'd paint over the grays in colors of my choosing. But uh, well, that's not the way we intended it. We intended it to be a Javas gray zone. Uh, uh, how are we going to be lost in uh, colorization? Right? Uh, this is nonsense. Oh, is it? Oh, so it's nonsense to you that I just come from out of town and paint one of your lands and just change it to my liking. Well, yes, uh, yeah. oh, you're some kind of me me metaphor, eh? It, it is. You just send off a soldier to intervene in this young woman's life. Well, I should say the results uh, initially were quite good. She was uh, going to be queen. And uh, we, 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 and why, why why, did you intervene in this woman's life? Oh, because we were supposed to. We fairies, we do what needs to be done. We do what needs to be done. It's not a, it's not a grand life. In fact, we don't have many memories. We do what needs to be done, and then our day is done. Part of the fairy, uh, 
Fairy instructional code. We do what needs to be do Every fairy does... Does... I, I... You know, my memory's fogged because... And... You know, I just... I do my job. My job... Today is to prosecute this trial and have you all put to death. And... I can't say that... I feel great. But I can say that it's what's... But it's... Okay, okay, let's slow down. Slow down, Your Honor. Honorable Castam. Now, you say you, you, you don't always, you just do what needs to be done. You can't tell me why. Can you tell me how? Well, that's uh, classified again. Uh, and all of a sudden, you see people of Fairy Tin are kind of looking at each other in the audience. Even the prosecution, they, they don't know where Roland's going. Even, I mean, I'm not quite sure I understand it, but, you know, but they also are like, you know, these questions really don't get raised in Ferryton. Well, um, well, well, sir, if, if you're going to forget it, and we're going to be put to death, then it won't, and you know the answer. Oh, correct, correct, correct. I, I went there this morning. Went where? Well, uh, it's supposed to be classified. He looks over at the prosecution. They kind of shrug. We'll, we'll, we'll be put to death, or... Donner, if if we're not put to death, how how could you risk taking lives of like you just killed those soldiers because they were the, well the volcano killed the soldiers volcanoes kill soldiers not people not fairies so uh, yeah volcano did that so you'd be willing to take the lives of people just on rules alone without knowing the whole without us knowing the whole story well uh, I, well. Okay, okay, okay. Back up one second. What I'm about to share with you is not it's unknown to people outside of Ferryton. Non-fairies normally don't disclose this information because it's just unheard of. So if it's unheard of, it can't be good. And if we're not allowed, it can't be good. Well, sir, I'm just, Your Honor, I'm just curious how things work. And who who's behind all this is the is the greater question. Well, that, that's the forbidden question. You can you we can't ask that question. We do what needs to be done, and that is the fairy way. Now, as to how, I know this will be controversial. But you, you fine young man, you have convinced me that this needs to be spoken aloud. Each morning. A fairy wake awakes in the the cottage, and we do have some time to either enjoy some tea, some biscuits. Some of us like to talk to bunnies or birds or sit in the garden. Some of us join each other and have tea together or play a game, go for walks, all sorts of lovely things, you know. We have quite, fairies, we have quite leisurely morning. Before we call half dawn midday, quarter day, we call it. I think you might call it quarter day, maybe, I don't know. Quarter of the day laps elapse, we go to work. Okay. Now, if you're already on assignment, you know your assignment, you go off through your portal and you deal with your assignment. It might be as simple as 
Well, she's a bunny. Oh, a bunny has fallen, and it can't get up. You just simply help the bunny up, and it goes along. Might be as complex as helping a woman become princess, and then keeping her from getting impregnated. By a man, by all accounts, I could say is a bad man. We fairies, we try to do no harm. But we must follow what we're told. Now, if a fairy has no assignment and they go to work, you find your legs just walking along. And you walk along, and you'll reach a glade or a patch in the woods or a spot near a lake. And then suddenly, the earth will shake a little bit. And then the earth in the court starts to shake. <laughs> And then the ground will tremble even further, the actual surface of the ground. And then the, some of the stones right in the center, right in front of the judge, the stones start to bounce. Just in a, in a circle of stones starts to bounce. We go, and suddenly out of the ground comes, and then out of the ground comes the well of work. And then a well comes up. Uh, pretty, pretty standard-looking well, but it's, it's, it must have be. Well, if it was a normal well, it'd be powered by a, a great spring because there's water right up to the surface of the the well, which is about you know it's like one of those stone wells about waist high, circular stone, stone well, circular stone well. Yeah, really, the stone well, you say? No, oh, the well of work. Would have expected something more melodious, like the well of wondrous work. Well, it's quite nice, but no, it's just a well of work, because we go there. You look in the well. A scene starts to play out on the water, and then you find yourself immersed in the scene. And your assignment is transferred to you. So this well here, this is the well of work. Why, I suppose it is, uh, well, yes, it looks quite like the Well of Work, uh, uh, yeah, I, I suppose it is. And why do you suppose, Your Honor, it just appeared here? If I was, what would, 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 you know, what, what do you suppose would happen if I looked in the Well of Work? Well, I don't quite know, young man. Why don't you go? Okay, I'll look. So Roland walks over and he looks over the surface of the well. And he sees dark swirling, gray mist, and then an evil face laughing. Ah, 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 What are you raised in a barn? Ah, 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 ah. Roland says, that's strange. Uh, I did, I did see, I saw something in there. Well, what, what, what did you see, young man? Well, it's confidential, sir. But I can tell you it's bad. It was a bad man I saw. Well, that's, I guess that's it. Yeah, I saw a bad man in there. Well, it could, it could just be your imagination then. Well, Your Honor, I have a couple more questions about this well of woe. All of a sudden, you hear like a sound of arrows just... And some arrows fly down like from the ceiling. I mean, they materialize through the ceiling 
fly down and they hit three random fairies in the uh, head that, that are uh, watching from the jury and they drop dead. Everybody's like, what the heck? What was that? Oh, uh, well, that was strange. Um, I suppose it was someone's assignment and they were just carrying it out or maybe they didn't care. That's never happened before, but kind of maybe it's like that volcano. Uh, bit unsettling. That probably isn't good, but let's go on with this trial, okay? Can you get to your point? I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll probably need to have, the fairy council have to meet here. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Rowling. What would you suppose if I said, Mr. Sagatha, come here. Oh, yes, Roland, what can I help you with? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, prosecution, this well controls your lives, it seems. I, I was never aware, you know, in our world, our lives are assigned by something different than a well. Our parents, it's called our role, our societal role. For I, I was a, a milkmaid's son. And since I couldn't be a milkmaid myself because our cows were slaughtered, and the great cow killing fever, I was enlisted. I became an enlisted man. I joined the army. So I changed my role. But still, I was told I'm not of royal blood. I cannot. All I could be is a soldier. And I rose up. And I had the honor of being assigned to the princess's guard, the head of the princess's guard. At the time, there was no princess and no prospects for one. So it was kind of a, a bummer. And then suddenly, a wondrous beauty became princess. And I had the honor of... Well, again, the princess's guard is kind of a term. I just sit at the gate, and if someone's there to see the princess, I pass them on to the king's guard. And I say, oh, this man's cleared to see the princess. This woman's cleared to see the princess, uh... Oh, so you're kind of like a gate, gatekeeper-ish, gate watchman. Yeah, more or less, okay? But sometimes people like Cinderella, they break their role. She would have just been a, a cinder girl, destined to take abuse by her horrible, at the time, stepmother. So why, who, who's behind all this? Is there some great fairy god you pray to that? Enables you to, like, what, what, what would happen if, if you didn't complete your assignment? Well, you'd be punished, and your mind would be erased, and then you'd start a new assignment, probably. Or you'd be killed, and you wouldn't know because you'd be dead. And your assignment will be killed out. The your assignment will be done. The well sees it. I mean, we saw it. We knew when. We all got an alert from the well. Wells were popping up everywhere and telling us that. Cinderella was sleeping, you know, we saw her sleeping with the prince. All right, all right, all right. Your Honor, members of the journey, this is, jury, this is ridiculous. What if someone less than benevolent is behind all this? Well, that would mean our lives are... Why, why don't fairies have the right to choose to do what needs to be done within... I just don't, I don't like any of this. But I accept it. And we were doing what we needed to be done. If we were following the fairy code, we needed to rescue Cinderella from the prince. 
Obviously, you are supposed to help Cinderella for a reason that's confidential or unknown. But we know that Cinderella is a good woman. She would be a good queen if she could rule a fair queen, an honorable queen. And we know that she's pure of heart and, and your intentions are for the greater good. So we did what we needed to do to continue to keep her safe. And that included trespassing or sexual apocalypse. That was the apocalypse of my heart. Um, you know, abuse of fairy magic, whatever else you want to do. Chew, chewing on fairy fairy want magic wands. What? You chewed on a mo- Relax, relax, relax. Okay. So, yeah, we're, none of us are perfect here, Your Honor. And... All of a sudden, uh, Roland's trying to think of his next point. Like, five spears come through and spear five more fairies. This has got the uh, judge. Oh, dear. This is not good. Uh, we must. Maybe we're missing our assignments by this trial. Is that what, what's uh, I'm going to need to look into. You know, I have one more question, and then I will rest my case. Has anyone ever looked in the the well and said no to their assignment? Uh, Not that I know of, no. Has anyone ever drank from the well? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Drinking from the well is is forbidden as asking the question that may not be asked. Drinking from the well would would give you, I presume, would give you not, I don't, would give you forbidden knowledge and you'd instantly self-destruct. Well, there's Agatha here. Agatha, you, 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 would you mind self-destructing if necessary to save Cinderella? Oh, Roland, I've lived a, such a terrible life, and I've been such a burden to Cinderella. That no, I guess I, I do not mind. Well, I'm just going to take this glass here that I'm pulling out of my pocket, this glass jar. I'm going to dip it in the well, and I'm going to give it to Agatha to drink. And then, uh, and as he's dipping the water in the well, a couple rocks come through and materialize, and boom, they land on the jury, smash like ten more fairies. Boom, another one. Boom, another one. Three. All right, I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to wrap the trial. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead and, Agatha, drink from the well. No, no, it's always going to... Agatha drinks the water, nothing happens. Agatha drinks some water, nothing happens. I guess I, well, now I have the knowledge of the well. All of a sudden, a fireball comes through. <laughs> blows up. And uh, Agatha looks in the well. She says, oh, my goodness. This this is going to need to be a mistrial, Your Honor. It looks like the king's forces are gathered at the portal. And there's some sort of evil wizard with him. And they're launching fireballs and arrows and cannons into the portal. They seem poised to destroy all of Ferryton. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh dear, you, you you didn't you didn't close the portal behind you, Penelope. Well, I wasn't the last one through. Who was the last one through, Roland? Was that you? Oh dear, Miss O. Uh, oh, ah, uh, yeah, uh, yes, Your Honor, Your Honorable Tascam, Castam. Ah, uh, hmm. Oh dear. Oh no, I did leave the door open. Oh, oh. 
bother. All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury prosecution, I need, in the honor of an unprecedented attack of Ferryton, I need to call this a mistrial. Your Honor, Your Honor, Honor. <clears throat> Hi, Your Honor. This is Cinderella speaking. It is our fault the uh, gate is open, and we will help you deal with this situation. So we will do our best. Oh, my goodness. Cinderella's looking at it, and she sees it was another fireball. This one comes straight out of the well, goes into the ceiling, explodes. It was like a, a magic missile-type spell out of the wizard's fingers, fireball, wizard, I don't know, spell. And the ceiling starts caving. Everyone's like, run for your lives. And the arrows are flying. And it's like the king's army, or what's left of it, is just shooting stuff straight into the portal. And they run for their lives, screaming and shouting and crying to escape out of the courthouse. And that's where we're going to stop tonight. Ferryton under attack, a mistrial, and a whole lot of uh, whole lot of chattering that episode, but yeah, Fairyland's Fairyton's under attack by the king, some sort of evil wizard that we haven't run into before, and his national guard or something. So we'll be back soon. We'll be back Tuesday night with another episode of After the Glass Slipper. So as we pick up tonight's story. With Ferryton in danger, the fairy council's been called. And Cinderella, Agatha, and Penelope and Roland have agreed. That they're like, we'll do whatever we can to help. And so they all gather around in the uh, council chambers, the fairy council of 13 members. And they decide they, decide they need to get a, a close-up view. So they go to the the edge of the portal. So they go to this, this spot in Ferryton where they, they go on the edge of the gray area where they can see back into the portal. They can no longer close it now that someone on the other side is throwing stuff through it. But they go to the edge, and they see this old wizard with robes, gray robes, and gray hair. Much meaner-looking version of Gandalf. Kind of like, remember that wizard or that Mickey Mouse work? I'm not allowed to even say the word Mickey Mouse on here. I don't know. But, you know, Mickey Mouse look, worked for in Fantasia. Look, kind of looks like that guy, but a, even scarier. A little bit scarier. Maybe because he's like 20 years younger than that. And the wizard's standing there with the king. You can see the wizard senses their presence. Gives the elbow to the king and the king. People of Fairyland, this is the king. And since this portal's in my kingdom, I consider you my subjects, and I call on you to all surrender or be destroyed. The fairy council kind of looks at each other. Yeah, Cinderella looks at the fairy council. She says, uh, you know, can I say something about Oh, and for some reason, no, this is a one-way. Portal only works with communication from the other side. You know, it's not really supposed to be left open, and we have, you know, us fair we fairies, we mostly speak through our actions. People of Fairyton, you have... Until dawn tomorrow, our time. I'm not sure how time works over there in fair, Fairyland, but my wizard will weaken you at that point. At dawn tomorrow, we'll launch an assault on Ferryton, weaken you, and then take the rest of you captive that survived the uh, wizard's attack. So you know, I suggest tomorrow morning you all, uh, you know, we could be, you could be my loyal subjects. Be quite nice. Uh, 
And we're also expecting, we have four fugitives we believe are uh, loose in Fairyland. If you have them, return them to us. And we will, uh, what will we do again? He looks over the wizard and looks and we'll spare most of your lives. Okay? All right, good day. And then the king walks off, and they kind of let the portal, the gray area, disappear, and they're in the fairy council chambers. And so they're like, well, what are you going to do? What, what are we going to how are, you, how are you going to stop them? Well, we wouldn't have needed to, Cinderella, if you guys had closed the uh, portal, like most people do. I don't know if you just walk into your... Oh, I forgot, you live in a castle. You have someone that closed the doors for you. Well, I didn't before. But yeah, I would be quite mad at my sisters. They would always come in and, and leave the door open, and then dust and leaves would come in, and I'd have to clean. Oh, I get your point. Well, it's no worry. We, uh, here at the Fairy Council, we don't, we don't, we fairies, we don't believe in half measures. So we're just going to have to wipe out your town completely. The king... The wizard. Won't, won't be a problem. We're just going to, you know, launch a strike tank. We'll wipe out your town. We shouldn't, no, no, no other areas, no other city-states or or towns, except for, on the, you know, the edges. Anyone anyone within that kingdom will probably be wiped out in, of existence, more or less. No, we'll, 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 we can't, it'll be confidential. We might send a volcano again. Well, we already did that. And what else have we sent? A cheese wall, cheese... Muck monster we've sent. We'll probably do something different. Um, I don't know. And obviously you can't have any apocalyptic sex. Pre-apocalyptic sex, as we've observed, is quite uh, enjoyable, Cinderella. So you might want to go... Well, then you'd die. Uh, excuse me. Uh, this is Agatha. I'm wondering what, what will become of us. Well, that's a good question. We like you folks. And we'll probably vote on it, but I'm presuming... He, this guy, he's one of the fairy council. Politician. I mean, he sounds great, but he's a politician. Looks back at the other fairy council member. Then I, I think we'll vote to uh, have you as guests of Fairyland forever. And what will that mean for us uh, exactly? Well, you know, you just sit around, I guess. Since you can't be fairies, you can't take assignments. So mostly, you, you kind of have... Uh, Garden time is what we like to call it. You know, what we do in the mornings and the evenings. Yeah. But you'll be able to do that all day. Wow, that sounds quite nice. Cinderella, could I have uh, share Cinderella, my garden with Cinderella? Uh, that sounds awful. And will Penelope be going back to her? Oh, quite, yes. Uh, Penelope will give you a little time off to plan that Sadie Hawkins dance. We're all looking forward to that quite a bit. But yeah, we'll. Uh, you guys will just be, I guess in your country, in your world... What do they call it when a king steps down and is alive and lets his son take over? Retired, they call it. I, I can't be retired. I'll lose my mind. I can't. Uh, um, I, I was wondering, uh, my mom and my mom are still, uh, what will become of them? They're back there. Well, 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 Mr. Roland, uh, I'm afraid to tell you they'll be gone. And you have two moms. Well, my mom, my mom. And then my dog, I call my dog Mum. It's easy, you know, Mum. Like, Mum, I'm coming. My mom knows I'm coming. Come on, Mum. Mum. You know, then the dog comes. So, 
What do you mean, it'll be gone? And, and Cinderella here, I, I can't... You're gonna destroy all my people. There, there are plenty of innocent people to be killed with this. This is just not acceptable. Agatha, what, 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 what do you think? Well, you, you did say something about kings stepping down, and that gives me an idea with Roland's... With Roland's legal... Roland, what happened with all that legal... It gave me an idea, but what was... You almost changed person... Oh, yes, um... You know, my mom, my mother mom... Yeah, my mom, she liked to uh, tell me stories with the cows. She said it helped their milk, and it quieted me down, calmed me down. So... She would tell me stories of uh, Larry, the legal ladybug, Larry the ladybug, Larry the ladybug lawyer. And it turns out, according to mom, the ladybug kingdom has a system they call it the legal system there. It's kind of like your courts here, and uh, it's like exactly like it. According to the stories, Larry was a ladybug lawyer. According to the st each story mom would tell me, Larry would uh, have a case, and there just happened to be this one case I remember Mom told me a few times. Mom said uh, it was uh, Larry the Ladybug Lawyer in the case of the missing free will, and it just it so happens it was just similar to what we had here. So I just pretended I was Larry the Legal Ladybug. That's it. Okay, Roland. What I'm thinking, folks, what we have, I believe, is a return of the king type situation. Roland, do you think you could pretend you're this lawyer, Larry the Ladybug, for a bit longer? Just pretend he's a king? Oh, you mean like in uh, Larry the Ladybug lawyer in the case of the missing king, when he, uh, he pretends to be king and he visits another kingdom looking for a missing king? Somewhat kind of, Roland. In this story, Larry the Ladybug lawyer pretends he's a king. It's returning to a land that has a king that's lower than him. Larry the Ladybug in the story is actually a royal king. And he's come back to claim his kingdom from an usurper, or usurper of the throne, who, whose father was a lower lord. Not as high a lord as you found out your father. Oh, okay, so Larry the Ladybug is the king of kings, kind of. Whoa, whoa, Roland, not the king of kings. That's a dangerous term. But yes, he's I'm a, you're a higher lord than Cinderella's husband. Oh, so I could have him beheaded and um, and steal his wife if I wish, quite right? Right, the, Larry the Ladybug lawyer, who you're portraying, can. I could do that, yes. Alright, so, here's what I'm thinking, and we'll call you King Larry. Lord Larry of Ladyburg. Lord Larry of Ladyburg. And you will have us as prisoners, myself. Cinderella and Penelope. Oh no, no, Penelope. Hmm, that would confuse things. But yes, you could be, uh... We'll change Penelope, you'll be... Uh, hmm. Yeah. You'll return us, us with us as prisoners. Myself, Cinderella, and Penelope, you can be... the king's mother. All right? Okay, uh, what's that mean? We'll go back. Fairies, just give us a day. We'll go back, and we'll fix everything, okay? We'll close the portal. You don't need to destroy and wipe out our town and our townspeople and Roland's two moms. 
the spoken narrative history of Larry the Ladybug Lawyer, I mean, that would be terrible. So we'll go back and we're going to fix everything. Don't you guys worry. And with that, they uh, asked, they had the fairies open another portal. They had the fairies open a portal just outside of town. And the fairies used their power to change some mice and rats and stuff into horses and soldiers. And the king, King Roll, King... Larry of Ladyburg rode forth with his prisoners back to town. He reached the castle and he rode at the head, dressed in splendid attire, king-like attire, or lord, lord-like attire, because he's a lord. He said, throw open your gates! And then the, the town's guard said, who goes there? Who goes there, you dare ask I? Lord Larry of Ladyburg, who goes there? Who closes his gates? I come to claim what is my father's and my father's forefathers. Who runs this town? Well, sir, the, uh, uh, what's the king's name? Do you know the king's name, Larry, Bob? The, uh, king, he, uh, his father was a lower lord. Remember, uh, during the, uh, what's this, does this have anything to do with the purging of the kings? Because that's when I was escorted from town by my mom to protect me so I could lay claim to my father's throne if he, since he was a higher middle lord, if the killing had stopped there, but they killed all the way to the lower lords. Well, yes, sir, uh, they killed all the way down to the lowest lord, and he was hiding in a cave, and then he became king because he was the only lord left. Oh, I want to speak with this king. Well, he's, he's dead. He was different, de you know, thrown out a window. And uh, his son's king now. He's not that great a king, to be honest. He's lower lords. I mean, I'm all for uh, upward mobility of soldiers and such, but these lower lords, they're not. Uh, he's a... Uh, yes, sir, he's... He, uh... I say open the gates. I will rest my soldiers on the outskirts of town. My escorts, I bring a gift for... Your former king, or soon-to-be former king, as he'll serve under me soon. Open the gates. I have three. Prisoners three. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Lord Larry. So they open the gates, and they trot into town. And they get into the town square. It's uh, Roland, or Lord Larry of Ladyburg, Agatha, Penelope, Cinderella. Agatha, Penelope, and Cinderella. And he just goes in straight up. And they... Goes, they go they go into the town center and he waits and then the king comes with the wizard the king comes with the wizard and some of the soldiers the king and the wizard and the soldiers show up and Roland goes to step off so he almost falls he says are you the uh, king supposed king of this town yes sir my name is king oh no 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 you're a you're a son of the lower lord right uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm king, and this is my wiz- new wizard, Pyle. Ah, uh, yes, uh, I'm the wizard, Pyle. Who are you? I'm Lord Larry of Ladyburg. Proper claimant to this throne, for my father was a middle high lord, not a lower lord. He was in the highest house of lords. His blood... Near, blood. He was quite a high lord. 
The Ladybirds, we've always been quite high on the chain of lords. If you go and look in the books of history, you will see so. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my father purged all the books of history as he became king, rightful king after the purge. Well, I'm rightful king now. I'm afraid to give you the bad news, son. Lower lord, son of the lower lord is what I'll call you. You'll call me king, or my wizard will strike you down. Oh, how dare you! You will not strike down Lord Larium Ladybug. Now you, Wizard Pile, I ask you to step out of town where my soldiers wait. And you can go free, or you could serve me as the new king, but I bring prisoners three. That you, I heard, were looking for. Ah, yes, I, Wizard Pile. What, what? Where, where, where's Ladyburg? I've never heard of it in all my travels of the world. You need not worry about the wizard, for wizards don't rule, they serve kings. Ah, uh, yes, they serve kings, the king. Well, uh, why don't you, you know, you should have a banquet for me, even if I'm a proper claimant to the throne, but we could work through all this, but you need to have a proper banquet for me before you have, you can't just have your, you're threatening me with your wizard and such. So, I have my prisoners. Why don't you show me to the guest lord's castle? I, I, I assume you have one. It's right over there, I believe. And, uh, you know, we can work this all out. We, um, I happen to have some books of history with me. So, I can show you my claim to the throne. For my father sent me away in safety to be, uh, to be safe from... Lower lords usurping thrones. And so, uh, why don't we uh, take my prisoners? You know, you I know you were looking for them. I uh, have a treaty with the uh, fairies. So we can close up that fairy portal and be done with all this whole mess. Well, look, look. Uh, this is the king speaking to you, Lord Larry of Ladyburg. I, I don't know why you sound so familiar, so I'm a bit intimidated. A handmaiden, I think, once told me tales of a... Did you build your money on... Oh, whatever, I remember hearing about the Larry Ladybird... Something from one of my... One of my milk mothers or something, but oh, all right. You will be our guest for... But we will not close the portal to fairy, Fairyland. If the fairies do not surrender to me, we will destroy them. And my wizard will take your prisoners. Oh, no, 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 your wizard won't take any of my prisoners. Well, in fact, one of the prisoners is my wife. Former wife, Cinderella. As Lord Vladimir, I'd like to pre pre present an adjournment from our arguing. I will take Cinderella, my guest, and uh, my prisoner, and her assistant, my mother, and your wizard here can take my, this wiz witch, former witch of yours, right? Lord Ladyburg, it is I. Lord Ladyburg, I was once the witch of this kingdom, and I am a fairy, so I should pay for the sins of the fairy. Maybe I could talk some sense into them and, and work with this wizard as his prisoner to come to some sort of understanding or talk the fairies into surrendering, if that is all, this powerful wizard pile. So why don't 
I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice myself as his prisoner. If you find that, my former king, I did serve you with pride as Mistress Agatha, though I've lost that, and I shamed myself in your honor, king. Would that be good? Lord Ladybird could take Cinderella and his mother, and I will go with your wizard for the night. All right, all right, as king, let it be done. File, how's that sound? Sounds excellent, my king. I will take this fairy witch with me. So they split up. And Roland rolls back to uh, the guest house, or the guest castle, I guess they call it. Whatever they call it. They go back there. He goes back there with Cinderella and Penelope. And they have to trust that Agatha's going to work everything out. So Agatha gets escorted by a couple guards back to the wizard's tower. Wizard has her hands bound, and he has her placed in a chair right in front of the portal to Fairyland, Fairyton, Fairyland, the portal to Fairyland, Fairytown. She sits there while stares into the gray and sees the fairies kind of planning out. They have one of those, like, war boards, like you see in the war movies where they're moving pieces about like volcanoes and boulders and comets trying to see what's going to be the quickest thing to destroy the town she's kind of watching and then Pyle comes in ah Mistress Sagatha you see your people about to suffer they panic trying to plan as I watch their plans will be foiled I've been gone from this area a long time I know your you people, you fairies, have been mucking about here with my plans. But who do you think? This Lord Larry is. He's nothing to me. He'll be put to death tonight. As will Cinderella. As will his mother. It'd be a shame. I, I guess I'll have to kill Cinderella because you, you spoke to the king. You're mucking about keeping him... From giving birth, I already expected to return to that dolt being king and a son that I could raise as my own. For it is my dream to lord over now. For I've had many a dream to, to run this land, to speak into the ear of a king who could rule. For I have had many dreams. I would raise this son to be king in secret. Well, you, as, this, as this young man would be raised to be king by the, by the king and the queen, this young prince, as this young prince would be raised, raised to be king, I would be raising him in secret to do my bidding, to expand a great empire where I would rule in the background, whispering in the ear of the king. While now you've mucked about and delayed my plans, I'm quite pleased with it, because now I can rule over your land as well with this portal. And I've always found you fairies. You call yourself, oh, I'm your godmother, and I'm your godfather. I've watched you quite a bit over the years, studied you. And I've always wondered... What it is about you, there's some secret I've been unable to lock. I know you do what needs to be done. 
You're always on these little missions. Trying to keep Cinderella from giving birth to the king's son. The latest. But I've seen you, you know. Helping ugly ducklings find new homes. Or bringing rain to parched deserts. A lot of soothing crying people. I know you do a lot of that. Appearances at funerals. What weddings that are not, you know, I know you showed up at a few, I've seen you deal at weddings with cold feet, as they say. I know you're always about when babies are born, but I don't understand why. It's something I've always wondered, like, you you always want to have captured you and, and tortured some of you. And I always say, well, we do what needs to be done, and that is all, take my life or, or whatever. Sometimes you've, they've escaped, and sometimes I've been attacked by mysterious dairy monsters or and such, but never gotten to the bottom of you people. Why do you do or do what needs to be done? And you, Agatha, I see in your face, you don't have the soft features of most fairies. You're much... You're quite a... You know, not unpleasant to look at. You have a, a handsomeness about you, but it's like a... You're like a... A rock face. Yes. One of those rocks that's taken too many tumbles down the hill. But you still have something I... But you're nothing like a fairy. A fairy is like a, a mud ball. And you're like a rock. But yeah. You must be high up among them. And so you'll answer my questions... Or you'll see your people slowly die off one by one, painfully and slowly, dying off in pain and slowness, until they surrender. I see them planning to strike back, but what they don't know can't, what they don't know will hurt them, because I have a stole from a wizard quite a long time ago. A little something I like to call the mirror of reflection. And if you place it in front of a portal like that, whatever is done will come back at you. You understand what I mean? Do you have anything to say? Your people would destroy themselves. And I'll, I'm going to tell them about the mirror because it's kind of like a deterrent. I'd rather rule over your fairies and have you do what needs to be done for me. Think about how easy it would be for me to rule. These kings, I plan on telling what to do. I just need to know why. So, how many of you people need to die before you tell me, Agatha? I know you people have no ambition. So you might not be able to understand what I'm talking about. Hmm. Wizard Pile, that's your name. Well, Wizard Pile... Yes, I might have a face unlike any fairy you've ever seen. I might not have the pleasant round eyes and the smile and the glow. I might seem cold to you, for that is I was born with a curse. I was a child of half fairy and half human. Well, I didn't know, uh, I've always been curious how fairies procreate, and why is this the, this is the only time I've heard of a, of a, a breed between 
I didn't know fairies and humans could intermix with such. Well, that's why I'm cursed. For as the work of a witch, she cursed my mother and a fairy that had crossed her to have a child. And I was born to this world, this cruel world, with one foot in each world. And it was cruel to be in that world. So I was born to the fairy world. I was born a half fairy, half human, and cursed to be both for the worst qualities. For I was a fairy, I had to do what needed to be done. But I knew there could have been more. I didn't want to just simply do what needed to be done. Yet I had no choice. I knew, like you, what it'd be like to be in control, to tell someone what to do, to make someone pay for their pretty little face. Oh, I'm so pretty. To make them suffer. And yes, I knew the curse of both things for that knowledge of thinking I had, could have power over other people brought me nothing but misery. Thinking I could take something from those pretty faces, make it my own, did me nothing. What? What is What is this you're going about, which I, I ask you a question. I don't care about your family lineage or your suffering. Soon your suffering will be put to an end. But why do they do what they do? If they tortured your soul, you could serve me. Just show me. Show me. Tell me. Just tell me. Why it is you do what you do. Maybe I will spare you and your friends. Ah, Wizard Pile, you're so wise. See, my mind would not be wiped as the other fairies were. And so I will show you. You see? Untie me, and I will show you what is in my pocket. Well, I don't trust you, witch. I don't trust a fairy witch, whatever, uh, a half-fairy, half-human. Okay, well, in my pocket is a jar of water. Simply pour it on the floor of the tower. Oh, is the essence of what we as fairies call. It is, it, it is the water of the well that we us fairies serve at. All right, all right. So he pulls out the water from her pocket that actually is from the well. He pours it in the center of the room. He's on guard. And actually, it like creates a well. And the well rises up. And the wizard steps back. He's about ten feet back. And uh, he says, what is this thing? That is the well all of a ser- fairy servant. It's a well of what needs to be done. The well of work. It's where we see our next assignment what needs to be done. So if you were to look in there, wizard pile, you would probably see what you need to do next. Either destroy fairyland, destroy me, or capture me. Ah, yes, as Oh, so you want me to look in the well. I could see in your stony, cruel face a hint of evil, much like my mirror. I see myself in you, the darkness about your eyes. So I know your game. So why don't you stand up with your hands bound and look in the well yourself and tell me what you see. Because I don't trust you. You. 
It must be because of your human side. You're so repulsive to me. Oh, repulsive. That is a cruel, cruel word, whispered Pyle. Such a long word for a man that doesn't have any royal blood who could never be king himself. You could only whisper in the ears of the king. But yes, I'll just look in the well and tell you what I see. And you'll see my face isn't burned off by the water. Or a creature isn't going to reach out and grab me. And I'll tell you exactly what I see. Agatha walks up to the well and she looks over and she falls silent. A tear goes to her eye and then she turns away from the well. But what did you see, witch? What did you see? Um. I did not expect that. It turns out what needs to be done. I saw you throwing me down the well. All of a sudden the well shakes and the water drains from it. It becomes like one of those bottomless wells that just seems endless. Pile. So, I guess I my sacrifice is to be destroyed at your hands. Oh, yes, I'm sure that's what you love. You, uh, Pyle walks up to the well and looks down. He sees it, throws a pebble down, falls, and it falls, and this like it's evaporated with some sort of magical power. And he says, so, so you saw me throw you down that well. Do not think I was not read any tales as a young wizard. You think I went to wizard school? You think my mind is not as crafty as yours? You want me to just throw you down that well, huh? And then you're going to turn into some kind of eagle and come up and claw my eyes out or something. I sense the power within this well. I'm going to cast myself in. The pile jumps in. Then Agatha. He goes, ah! Nagatha throws, ha 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 ha! You fool! Didn't you ever read, hear the story of Larry the Ladybug Lawyer? In the case of the Briar Rabbit or something, I don't know, you fool! She She's just laughing. Ha! <laughs> Thinks he can best me. Now I have this mirror. I have the wizard. I'll let everybody out. Scumbag trying to mess with me. Call me Stone Fate. And all of a sudden... Ah, I see all the answers. Comes from the well. <laughs> I see all that needs to be done. Now I guess it's kind of like, hmm, this, I thought you'd just be, you know, evaporated, she's thinking. And all of a sudden the portal from Fairyland starts to crack. But not like it's being destroyed, like it's just becoming actual reality. It cracks and it falls away. The illusion, it just becomes an open tunnel. Things start to crack. And then the earth shakes more. I have the power now of all fairyland. Then I say, oh, shit. Then I'm going to destroy you all. And then all of a sudden, like, reality starts to crack the portal. 
the tunnel starts to expand and then like pieces of reality start falling out and you can see fairyland on the other side he's like i'll destroy you all and then like green fire starts shooting out of the top of the well ah and then agatha's left shoulder gets hit with like one of these green fire pieces sizzling she can feel herself you know getting sizzled up then she remembers that the mirror's there, and she grabs a mirror. Boom! Puts it on top of the well. And then all of a sudden, you know, all hell breaks. Type stuff, you know. Everything's shaking. Reality's vibrating. The air's vibrating. Sorry if you're asleep and trying to sleep through this. But and the well's gone. dead silence. Agatha's just like, oh shit. It's gone. She's listening. Nothing's happening. Agatha's like, okay. I think everything's okay. And then she's kind of looking through and she's like, okay, well, the world's kind of like a mosaic now. Like part of it's the real world. Part of it's you can see into fairyland. She kind of reaches out and touches some stuff. And she goes, okay, okay, there's some reality, you know. She's like touching a desk and touching a candle. Okay, that's there. Then she touches the empty spots in the mosaic where you can see fairyland. And she notices they're kind of like water. And she's like, oh, maybe it's something that was all the well. Then she looks through and she sees a couple fairies being chased by like some sort of liquid milk monster and he grabs one of the fairies and eats it. And then she looks in another corner and she sees the floating volcano and shooting lava at some of the fairies. And then she feels the tower, her tower shaking, the wizard's tower. She's like, oh my god, oh my gosh. She looks out the window. She looks out the window and the muck monster's on there. He's got his arms around the tower and shaking it, shaking it, shaking it. And she looks and she sees monsters everywhere in fairyland. And in, and in reality, chasing people around. And she's like, I gotta get, I gotta find. So she goes to race out of the tower. And we're gonna leave it at that, I think, tonight. Because it seems like maybe the wizard pile got destroyed. But some sort of reality short-circuited, or not reality, but something broke. And clearly some of the monsters have been released from the well of work. Or some kind of fairy... Some, we got some crossover problems here, folks, with reality. And we're going to have to uh, find out what they're going to do next week. How are they going to deal with this situation? And so we're going to leave it at that. And we'll be back. Not next, not this week. We'll be back Thursday night. All right. Agatha's in the tower. She's shaking her head upside by the muck monster. And she's trying to figure out what what, what have, could have gone wrong. I mean, she came up with this plan to get rid of the wizard pile. Hopefully, at the same time, destroy the well of work that seemed to be unfairly controlling the lives of the fairies. But something about the wizard pile splashing down into the powerful magic of the well of work, and then the power trying to escape and then being reflected back down by the mirror of reflection caused some sort of rift in the time-space continuum, as Doc Brown would say. 
which I should have said in my introduction. But it's too late now, man. Whatever. I'm rifting the time-space continuum right now. And back to the story. So Agatha's standing there like, oh, dear. Like, And the only thing she can think of is that she needs to get down underground and figure out what the hell's going on. Like, she needs to get to the bottom of this well, but the well itself is kind of, like, imploded. To back up two seconds, well, to back up, when she had left Fairyland, she, uh, she, um, what do you call it? She, uh, lifted a, uh, a wand for herself, and she'd strapped it on the inside of her thigh in case a wizard pile searched her. And if her wife was really in danger, she was going to go to this fairy wand. So she busts out the fairy wand, taps herself on the head, turns herself into a worm, like a powerful worm. At this point, not a giant worm, just a powerful, not an earthworm, you know, some other, a, a heavily, I don't know my worms, okay? Just a hell of a worm. And the worm dives down. And as she tunnels, she's getting bigger. And she's tunneling into the earth. Run, tunneling into the earth, running right down this well. Tunnel and tunnel and tunnel and boom. Yeah. She gets through the um, heliosphere or the Earth's crust. She she runs from the Earth's crust and she hits some straight up mantle. And she's down in the Earth's mantle. She realizes like that she doesn't. This is ancient time, so she doesn't have a um, one of those watches when you go underwater where it could tell you which way's up. So she's disoriented. I mean, she's in this Earth's mantle. Temperatures picking up. Luckily, because she's become this massive worm, like a worm you might see in a movie like Dune or a story like Dune or, you know, same similar worm in Beetlejuice. So that that type of worm. Badass. Maybe even Tremors, I think, we had a kick-ass worm. Man, you know, they don't make... I don't but what happened to the worm movies? Is that all in the 80s that the worm movies had their heyday? Like I said, weren't worm. Tremors was a worm movie. Well, maybe it wasn't. How about that cast? Kevin Bacon and Fred. Oh, good God, Fred, forgive me. One of the great actors. He played Remo Williams. Well, uh, I'm going to have to cut that out because that's embarrassing. So she's this giant worm, and she's tunneling out, and now she's lost. So she pauses. She doesn't have to worry about pressure because she's got her giant worm you know, that she's got ten hearts and different sorts of valves and pressure systems and thick-ass skin. So she's down there. She finally gets down to a level where there's some, uh, what they refer to as mole men. You know, part human, part mole. These are like kind of squat um, humanoids, I think they're called. And the, uh, <laughs> This is a polite term for them. Humanoids. They're kind of like... Uh, Creepy looking. Not Gollum. These guys look more healthy than Gollum because they're in the mantle. I think Gollum was just in the, uh, the um, what do you call it, the crust. So these are mantle moles is what I call them. Wang. You know, I roll down there every once in a while. But anyway, that's an aside thing. They're different nowadays. But they, uh, that's what I, okay, yeah. Whew, back up. You know, not on the influence of anything either here. So she goes down these mantle moles, she sees them, and she's making, she, first she's trying to just nod at them, and they're like, what? And luckily mantle moles and worms, they have a hands-off, you know, laissez-faire type relationship, so 
the mole people, they're not using the worms for anything, and the worms aren't eating the mole people. So finally she's, uh, she, uh, she finds out, you know, she finds a little meeting room that the moles have, and she changes to back to a uh, human, back to Agatha. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to find the bottom of this well, the well of work. And the moles are kind of like, and looking at her like, lady, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, if there were subtitles, they'd be making fun of the way she looks, that she's kind of mean looking, kind of mean looking and scary. Um, so they're just like discussing, and, you know, they talk in those tones because they're deep down, they need to like penetrate rock. So most of their stuff is below, you know, human tonal scale. So she tries to mime out a well and power and everything, and the mole's just nods. So she's like, darn it. So she just goes again. And instead of going down, she looks up and she can see what what she thinks is down, and she's going to go uh, vertic- uh, vertical, perpendicular. Yeah, I guess that's perpendicular. I don't know. She starts going vertical. Now, meanwhile, up on the surface, I know you're asking, like, dude, it's great. I love hearing about the Earth's crust and the mantle. And tell me when we get to the core and the liquid core, or we have a solid iron core. Again, let's save those for the scientists. But yeah, I know you guys are waiting with bated breath to hear about the next you know, stage of the mesosphere or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's stuff going on, on the surface. Now, all these monsters are running around, and Cinderella and Penelope and Roland are kind of just watching. And I mean, this is just the same time Agatha's diving, so they're just trying to figure out what to do next. Their castle's getting attacked by giant rabbits with their big teeth, and they're eating the rocks trying to get into the castle. And then they hear a pounding at the door, pounding at the door, their door, boom, 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 boom. And you hear the king, he's like, Lord Larry of Ladybird, open up! I demand your counsel! And the king, you know, they open the door, and the king, you know, this guy, this king, the Lord of Lord King, he's totally changed his tune now. He's like, Lord Larry of Ladyburg, you came at the perfect moment for our kingdom is in crisis. I don't know if it was the wizard pile or the witch Agatha, mistress, former mistress Agatha, but all, everything's going awry. There's fairies and monsters and people, are, we, we need your soldiers, Lord Larry, we need your help. And uh, Roland's, caught, Roland's caught a little bit off guard. He's not expecting to bring his A game. He says, okay. Uh, uh, well, yeah. And Penelope elbows him. Lord, Larry. Larry the Ladybug. Oh, oh, oh yes. Uh, so what's the problem again? Well, there's a, I don't know, the earth, everything's cracking and the air's got holes in it and fairies are coming through the holes and the bigger holes, monsters are coming through and fairies are running back and they're eating people and there's lava and giant scorpions and all sorts of crap it's terrible lord larry you and your soldiers need to save us please oh okay um hmm. so, yeah monsters you say okay well uh we in ladybird don't have monsters so uh this reminds me of uh hmm, the time i think it was uh lord larry in the case the druid circle no, oh, but those are moments. Um, I, 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 Lord Larry, please, 
Please, I will give you turnover kingship as soon as this crisis is over. Put the, I just need your counsel as a wise man, and we need to work together to preserve everything. Please, Lord Larry, please your help. I call on you for protection. Please. And uh, could you call back to later or I can get some more swords? So please. <sighs> the king throws himself at Roland's feet, and Cinderella is just tapping her foot, shaking her head. She's like, disgusting. You disgust me. You're supposed to be king. Your people are out there getting eaten by basilisks and hoodoos, schnozwagglers, you know, I don't even, Laplanders are out there even. And you're just sitting here crying. You know what? You just stay in here and Lord Larry, with Lord Larry, and maybe he'll protect you. And Penelope, let's go. We need to save some lives. So Cinderella and Penelope roll out of the guest castle. And Roland draws, you're not without me. You, I will protect you, Cinderella, from any Laplanders. It's a Laplander, Cinderella. And, uh, you know, uh, don't, uh, you can stay here, Mr. Uh, King. So they roll out, the three of them. And Cinderella just takes stock. She's so composed. I mean, I guess if you, if they had dictionaries, they don't have printing press. But if they did, and then they decided to print a dictionary... I don't know. There'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of complications at this point. But if I was printing a dictionary and then mailing me and Doc Brown rolled back to drop it off, Cinderella would be next to composed in the dictionary there. So she's all composed. She's looking around. At the, I mean, you know, like um, Apocalypse Now, uh, Robert Duvall's character. Stuff's just exploding around her. She's looking. At, she doesn't have the thrill of battle of him. She's so calm. But she's looking at things like, okay. She starts noting the cracks in the in the fabric of our existence. She actually reaches out and, and one that there's like a looks like a piece of broken glass about the size of your hand and kind of the shape of your hand, but you know jagged. And right through that piece of glass, you'd normally be able to see, you know, ten feet in front of you, but in that little squarish area is. She can see straight through to fairyland. She sees fairies getting eaten by a um, vermicious canid. And yeah, the, the, they had vicious, vermicious canids back then, kids. Sorry. And she just reaches out and grabs it, and she takes it. And it's almost like a, a piece of glass. Like, she can move it where she wants. She can stick it into another piece of the sky, and it stays. And she, she kind of looks through it. She sticks her finger through it. She looks at it. And then she points. She's rolling. Go get me another one. And then he brings it over, and she puts the two together. They're obviously from two different spots in Fairyland, but they do kind of fuse together, but then they break apart. And she's like, hmm. And she says, uh, you know, she sees people running around being chased by monsters. So, okay, okay. Roland, we need to gather all the townspeople, all the fairies we can get a hold of Penelope, and we need to gather all these pieces of broken time-space fabric Whatever's going on here, obviously something went wrong with Pyle and some, something horrible is going on. And I can't be sure of what's going on, but we, the three of us, need to stay calm. We need to collect all these things and figure it out and see if we can put this thing back together. You guys remember that case of Humpty Dumpty, right? It's going to be just like that. Humpty Dumpty in the case of the broken egg, man. That was Lord Larry the Ladybug. He, oh, no, he didn't fix him. But he held the uh, 
wall maker accountable, I believe. But anyway, okay, so we'll gather. Hmm. And let me think here. Penelope, do you have your wand? Yes, Cinderella. Penelope, I, I need you. You need me to go to battle, don't you, Cinderella? And I have been waiting for this moment ever since... Ever since I laid eyes on you, Cinderella, I've wanted to protect you, but I haven't had that choice. I've tried in some ways. But now, with all this hell that's breaking loose, I feel my need to do what needs to be done, replaced by doing what I feel I want to do, which is protect you. So I'm going to take this wand, and I'm going to take that lamp lamp, shoots lightning out this laplander, and it knocks the lapping the giant, it's got this, like, what are those sharks, those fish called with the giant teeth thing, and it's chopping people's heads off, but she fries that thing like a fried fish, because it looks like one of those fish, like I said, you know, the one with the thing on the front of it, with the spikes. So she fries that thing, and then she's, hey, you fairies, you, come with me. And they start chasing down monsters, and uh, they can't, they don't, can't kill them, but they're shooting them with stuff and and trying to disable their weaponry, which is kind of tough if it's a natural creature. But, like, for example, real quick, they just froze the mud monster, and he's frozen. So, okay. Meanwhile, Cinderella's running around, People, people, please come with me. Please, please, everyone follow me. Oh, it's the queen, the queen, queen. I will protect you. And then, so Cinderella's got these people... She's sending them out, and everyone's, you know, listening to her. She's like, please, everyone, lend a hand, lend a hand for the the fairies will protect us, and we must gather these pieces of glass, these pieces, these strange mirrors into another land, bringing them to me. So people are running all over, grabbing these mosaic pieces. So, so, so yeah, Cinderella's got everybody gathering up the pieces of the mosaic, and Penelope's trying to explain to all the other fairies that are, on both sides, she's calling through the little holes. You're free to use your magic as you wish. So the fairies are busting out their magic. Penelope's like the William Wallace meets the gladiator. You know, if they had a man-child together. And she was a woman. A petite older woman. That's not petite. Uh, if she was a, uh, a charming grandmotherly older woman. But still a badass. So she's, you know, directing these different groups of fairies that are now fighting each monster and she's you know she's like they can't seem to destroy them so she's like we need to corral the monsters to keep them away from the people so at this point it's kind of like um cow prods because they're using like acid out of their wands or electricity and shoot you know trying to corner all the different monsters and gather them up until someone can come up with a plan and they're gathering the monsters and some are getting you know losing their poor little uh their poor fairy lives just they've just gotten free will as far as I can tell and they're choosing so they're really heroes I mean this is save a first speech right you're telling me you know when I attend the big fairy funeral but you know that's what they're going to be saying so I'm just saying I said it first here you know when you're at the uh, fairy memorial for the fairies lost in the story and they're sit, you know they're going to be plagiarizing off me anyway let's personal issues aside these, they're doing, you know, they're doing battle. They're saving human lives. They're saving fairy lives. They're gathering these up. Meanwhile, deep in the mantle of the earth, 
And if I was lazy, I'd look it up on the internet and tell you, oh, she's through to the next level. But basically, things aren't going well for Agatha. I'm not going to lie to you. Because, and if you want to know how it feels, like she keeps back, like you can't even, she can't even tell if she's backtracking. Or, you know, I mean, once you're into this, like, middle of the earth, you know, she tries to go where it's hot, and then she takes a wrong turn. If you want to recreate what's going on, and I do suggest this, I used to do this all the time as a kid. And, of course, the doctor asked me why. The doctor in the wood paneled room. But what you want to do is uh, get yourself a sleeping bag. Right, make sure no one's home that's going to report you that you're nuts. And you're going to put the sleeping bag over your head so that your head is where your feet are. And, okay, I'm not legally liable for anything that happens from this point on, but you're going to pretend you're a giant worm, and you're going to get inside the sleeping bag. Your head's going to be at the top. Now, you know, come on, use some common sense. Don't snu- suffocate, and don't smash your head open. You're going to go slow. Don't go in or in the kitchen where the knives can fall on you. But you're going to pretend you're a giant worm. I guarantee you, I mean, I guess I haven't done it since I was a kid, but I used to get lost in my own house. My house wasn't that big. And I would get, and it was just like a really good feeling of being totally disoriented in my own house and everything being unfamiliar. And that's how it kind of feels. I mean, Agatha's, the core of the earth is not Agatha's home. So you got me. But a little experiment if you want to try that. So things, Agatha's just cruising around the earth. She talks to the dudes from the H.G. Wells book. They're kind of like these uh, more alien looking, in in my mind, you know, H.G. Wells or Jules Verne, don't get on my case, bros, because I'm not, sorry. You know, they're kind of like more, like, E.T. when he was sick looking, like, uh, uncomfortably, like somewhere their skin tone is between sick E.T. and Gollum. But they look more like E.T., kind of insect-like, alien-like. And those guys kind of like, they give her a better idea, and they kind of are making some signs, like, to look for somebody, another kind of humanoid but they're indicating he he has some, like, some sort of facial hair. So she's still looking, and she's getting frustrated, and she's sweating. I mean, you wouldn't know worms sweat, but when a mammal's inside a worm, they sweat. So that's what's going on inside the, uh, the Earth's mantle. I mean, we're probably beyond the mantle, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, another quick aside. I used to read this book when I was a little... <laughs> I don't know why I'm all over the place tonight, folks, but I'm trying to help you sleep. I used to read this book when I was little, and I will try to put that in show notes, but it was about a boy who started digging. You know, because somebody was like, oh, if you dig a hole deep enough, you come out the other side. And so he starts digging with a shovel. And the book um, details, like, the different things this boy used, you know, the different inventions as he got deeper and deeper into the earth until I think he finally got to the earth's core. I don't know. And then he was captured by um, some sort of E.T. alien, and now he's evil. But let's let's just move on. So she's looking around the earth, back up on the earth. Cinderella's there. She's People are bringing her these mosaic pieces. They're throwing them everywhere. She's like on an episode of a reality show. She's just like, each hand. I wish you could see my hands. Both my hands are moving. She's grabbing pieces. Trying to put them, it's like a jigsaw puzzle of the fairy universe. She's slapping it. She's like, faster! I need something with grain! People are bringing her grains. And I need something with a, a, um, something between a magenta and a purple. Hooray! 
people were running. And she's like, you, you know, you with the tie, you know, knobby knees. I need you to put recycle, you know, put that cloud over there. And people are working. I mean, it's like the whole town's working together. And meanwhile, Penelope, she's got um, a whole perimeter around all the monsters, about 14 monsters. And she's she's communicated to Fairyland, so they have all their monsters. And they're keeping them, but, you know, the fairies are running out. The monsters, they don't seem to have, they seem to have some magical energy. And the fairies, you know, they're human-like, so they're, they're used to working. I mean, from what we know, fairies, it sounded like they work from probably 10 to 4. They don't even work a full day. Now, I don't know if they get a lunch break or whatever, but that seemed like Penelope's schedule at least. Sorry, I'm moving my, I don't know. Like, she would get up, hang out in her garden from 8 to 10, go to work, come back, hang out in her garden, go to bed, get up. But they didn't have free will, at least as far as we can tell. But so, yeah, they got the monster's cornered. Soon, Cinderella's going, and then, like, a fever builds. Like, everyone's lending a hand. You know, the rich, the poor, the people with no arms that are using their elbows, the people with no intelligence they're standing back and, like, waiting, and they're just moving, like, the pieces that are only one color. Roland, he's just watching Cinderella. She's doing everything, kind of like in the uh, Minority Report. She's moving her fingers are so fast. Like, if she was, her and Tom Cruise had, like, an eye-poking-out contest, she would have poked his eyes out way faster. She's moving all these things, and slowly everything starts to come together, and it's like this organic arch into, into fairyland. And meanwhile, the... Fairies have been fighting the monsters. The monsters have gotten them backed up towards the uh, towards the people. Everybody working on the mosaic, and Cinderella's still in the zone, just finishing up these last pieces. And Roland draws. So he's like, "What are you doing? You can't bring these monsters here. What are you doing? Like, we can't. We, this is our only choice. We're back, they're backing us up. Oh. And the you know they've got just enough power, and then Cinderella sees and. The fairies on the other side are starting to lose their battle against the monsters. Cinderella's putting the last piece. She's like, when I call you, you know, you have to run to me, fairies. You have to run away. Push the monsters away and then run. Then she's like, Penelope, get the monsters into the, in there and then run back to me. And so, you know, the fairies inside of Fairyland, they, they kind of wrangle the monsters. And Penelope and Roland get the, the rest of the monsters, about 16 of them. They get him through the uh, arch to Fairyland. Just as Cinderella finishes, it goes, but she's got her hand on one piece. She's holding it in place and just shaking. Like her body starts pulsing. She's holding on, and but it creates an arch, and the monsters pass through it. The fairies run back, and the fairies that were in Fairyland run away right as the monsters are snapping. And then they get through, last person gets through. And the monsters are coming right behind and right right at the and Cinderella pulls the one piece she's been holding on to. And and her hand is like sizzling, kinda of like the dude in the indie. But this thing is like it's part of her hand now. Like her hand is fused with this strange piece of the universe. And it's just like one of those stones like it's iridescent a stone and it's different scenes are passing over it and and it's wom wom wom. Rose like Cinderella, my princess, my queen. What has happened to your hand? She's like, it is fine, Roland. Whew. Penelope's like, how did you know that would work? And she's like, I had to trust it would work. She's like, I had to, I had to save my people. I had to save your people, and I had to use my gut. It told me 
that it would work. For for a second, everyone's like, oh, Cinderella, you saved us. And the monsters are banging up against the the portal, but it's just like a piece of glass. So they're smashing their heads and smashing. And slowly as, as it goes on, the portal starts to gray out a little bit and become more and more gray. And finally, one of the fairies is like, okay, well, when will we be able to go back to our homes? You know, back to fairyland. Cinderella looks at her hand and she looks at the portal. She's like, never. Never, I don't think ever. She's like, I don't know when we would have the power to defeat those monsters and left to their own devices. Who knows what kind of monstrous monsters they can create. And we can't unlock the door, and I'm not sure I have not possessed the power anymore. She's like, so I'd like to offer you all a home here with my people. And you, the fairies, can join our community. And all of a sudden the guy's like, huh, what? Wait, 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 did she say the fairies are going to live with us here? No, 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 lady. Oh, no. You, you, you might be some queen on some, uh, you can't have fairies living here with us. They're, they're, they're bad. They're, they're, they're in the dark arts. It's, it's going to make the gods angry. No. There's, oh, no, not the fairies. Fairies eat toes. They are toe-eaters. They eat children's toes. Who cannot have fairies? No. Oh, my babies, my babies. All of a sudden, people start, you know, people start throwing stuff. And then the fairies, you know, fairies aren't, not all of them are passive. So a couple of fairy dudes are like, whoa, 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 dude. You, you, I ain't eating no toes. You guys, you know, you you guys, you smell, man. This, I don't want to be... We want to go back to our guards. Guards suck. You fairy, we saw in there, it's just gardens and flowers and board games. What the heck? You fairies are dull. And Cinderella's like, everyone, we need to work together. You know, we can find a way to share our land. And our, our we, we're united against a foe. And we defeated him. Oh, no, no. Well, yeah, where's the king? And what about that Lord Larry? That Lord Larry. Oh, oh, that was just to pretend. I was just pretending. Out. You guys remember Larry the Ladybug? Like, uh, you know, remember Larry the Ladybug lawyer? I was pretending to be him, but a king. To fool the king. And then all of a sudden you hear silence and the king steps up. The You know, the king, Cinderella's husband. Estranged husband, we'll say. So, oh, so you were a false king. So I am the only heir to this throne, the only one that can rightfully wear this crown on his head as I do now. And Cinderella, you went against the wishes of both people. You say you used your judgment, but it seems your selflessness was selfish. For now, everyone is unhappy. This king's a jerk, too. Wow, what the... If only we had a system where you guys could elect someone to rule you, but we don't. So, as rightful heir to the throne, I say, I will be king, and I will rule over fairies and humans alike with a hand of strong, cruel justice. And then we'll say, what? You don't really have an army anymore. But, uh, well, let the people decide. Would you rather live with these fairies? As equals, or have them service. How about that? Huh? Everybody, and people are kind of confused, and they're still throwing stuff. They're like, "I say, uh, 
Uh, and they start getting unruly, and everybody starts getting, well, let's take them both and lock them up, and we'll decide, well, we'll bar them up. So, so they grab some, some of them grab Cinderella, some of them grab the king, some of them grab Roland, and people, you know, there's more people than fairies, probably like a six to one ratio. So people start pushing the fairies around. People, fairies start shocking people. Earth starts shaking. Earth is shaking. All of a sudden, water starts to shoot up. Water shoots up from the earth. And shoots like 40 feet in the sky, like some well spring out of the earth. Not that far from where everyone's standing. Everyone goes back, and it becomes this giant hole. And then everyone gathers around it, and the water's just flying up, scurling down. And all of a sudden, the water takes a form, gets arms, gets a chest, gets a head. It starts to get a beard, a gray beard. And then it's like, humans and uh, fairies. It is I, formerly the wizard pile. Now I am the master of the well. And he does a, and he throws like a water, like a water wave, and it knocks everybody down. Ah, I will rule you all. I have all the power. And so Nerola goes to say something. He just sprays a little water spout in her mouth. She coughs. And anytime anybody stands up, he just knocks them down. He says, so you all will serve me. Shoots more water in the sky. Starts raining. He's, ah, and he brings a storm. He's just, ah, you know, he's doing that. And that's, that's where we're going to stop tonight, folks. Things were going good. But then the wizard pile showed up. Well, actually, things weren't going good. Before the wizard pile showed up, we had a, riot on our hands I don't know why humans and fairies can't I think you know they'll probably learn to get along and I mean it seems like the fairies are humans maybe maybe not I mean they're much pleasant much more pleasant and plump some of them pleasantly plump as a uh, fairy godmother is so let's see you know if they they could get along and live together maybe pile could live with them too uh, may, maybe maybe not though Probably not. This pile seems pretty bad. All right, we'll see you Sunday night, folks, for another edition of After the Glass Slipper. Thanks so much for listening. In giant worm form. And she was working with some E.T., sick, pale E.T. aliens. Well, but they're not aliens. Well... I want to say they're not aliens. They're creatures living somewhere inside of Earth. Which, you know, once I once we get the proof of this stuff, I guess this isn't our Earth. Or is it? Anyway, I'm distracted. Like, she's dealing with these creatures that look a bit like E.T. Insectoid-humanoid combo with terribly pale skin. So Agatha was working with these E.T. To, E.T. types... They're telling her about this pool, giant pool of water that was coming from something strange, and they couldn't quite describe to her what the source of the water was. But they said the water was 
was not normal water. It, cut, it, was, it came in different colors and changed and seemed to move against, you know, move of its own accord there, pointing in all sorts of directions. And that was shooting up all these different holes and and that it would make noises like, why you are, why ain't going, father baby, you know, kind of cryptic noises to them. But Agatha was like, okay, this is suspicious. And then she kind of set a baseline. I don't, I don't know if that's a proper use of that vocabulary word, but she was like, is any other water around here or down here behave similarly? No, there's no other water down here that behaves like that's the only one. You know, we try to stay away from it. And so Agatha was thinking to herself, and she, you know, Agatha, this, this is not a hard equation. Now, Agatha's not on the surface, so she doesn't know that pile in the well of work have seemed to fuse into one creature but she's thinking all right i think i've tracked down the well of work i'm gonna wipe this thing out and if i if pile happens to be working nearby it or down there or associated in any matter he's gonna be collateral damage she's pretty you know she's in the somewhere on the mantle one of the lower mantle upper mantle i don't know i don't got a map all right but she's down there and she's like, oh, well, I'm going to go hit a vein of lava or, you know, weaken some lava. Head it over the water and, you know, turn the water into steam or, you know, she figures she'll get some, she'll get some lava or she'll drain the water to the lava. She, she's not too worried about it. So she gets pretty good directions. She starts heading that way. And one thing you should know about, uh, difference between uh, giant worms, sandworms, and uh, tunneling worms like these are that they're kind of a lot different than earthworms in the fact that earthworms need moisture to survive, at least in my very elementary knowledge of them, is that they, you know, they're kind of mucusy, slimy, and that's how they like it. And sometimes, you know, they get washed up in a rainstorm, and you got to help them out and get them in some you know, unless you're a serial killer, come on, like, help, or you're like some, uh, I don't know, whatever philosophy, you know, what are you, Adam Smith or something? You're going to just let them do, I don't even know, you're the invisible hand, I, and I'm talking nonsense, clearly, just like last week. But, you know, those kind of worms, earthworms, near-earthworms, let's just call them uh, crust worms or earthworms i guess why, why not they they need like a mucus watery now watery type environment that's what they thrive in but these deeper worms like agatha's turned into they're the they're different they like it dry because they got to be tunneling through the earth they're kind of doing a little corkscrew and they don't really need you know like with their skin their out exterior skins dry just just a note just just to just so so she's tunneling, tunneling, trying to find this water source. She's listening for it. She kind of found. She got a little bit of a worm sense now, so she's following her worm sense. She's trucking along at a good pace through the through, through this dirt and rock. She got they got she got these powerful high speed jaws that as she tunnels, they're like these teeth. I can't describe it to you, but she's tunneling through this rock. It doesn't stand a chance. One of Mother Nature's miracles that may or may, I mean, one of this, yeah, well, it's Mother Nature in this, well, whatever. 
she's 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 tunneling through the trucking through this rock and she's she's starting to get angry she's like i'm gonna mess this wizard pile up and this work she's like who does this work what well work think it is you know what what a jerky well to be bossing around the fairies uh universe and just making them do stuff and she's still suspicious that someone's behind it some some shady type character and she wants to literally get to the bottom of it now suddenly she knows she's slowing down a little bit like if she was moving smooth and she's like oh well, there's more moisture here you know so she's getting a little muddy the mud's accumulating on her okay i'm getting close to the well the uh wherever this water's pooled so she's like all right let me make a beeline for some hot lava or something it must be close to this water, so she starts digging a little bit away from where she thinks it's wet. And it gets it gets wetter. She notices that uh, she's really it's really struggling because the mud's caking on her, the rocks are caking to her. You know, she's not a slimy worm; she's just supposed to be a dry worm, Agatha. So she's going slow, and then she notices the water is almost like beating on her, like beads, B-E-A-D-S, not beat. Now she's really slow, and she almost feels like the water's like grabbing into the rocks and the mud and the dirt. And then she hears something in her little worm ears. Agatha, Agatha, it's a high wizard pile. She 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 would go, would go to turn her head, but since she's a worm, and she's underground, she, she's got can only can't you really can't turn your head need to tunnel that. This must be my imagination. She tries to redouble her efforts to move. She's not going anywhere. Maybe she notices the water. It seems like it's in her... It's everywhere. Agatha, we have you. Agatha. She notices the water starting to pool below her. Along her worm belly. And... She's trying to, still trying to move. She can't. Well, it's the wizard pile. You gave me my power, you fool. Ah. And she notices, like, she's starting to sink in mud. And she, she, says, she remembers, like, when she was growing up about um, quicksand and people talking about people contradicting themselves, as people tend to do about quicksand. Some people are saying, don't move. Other people are saying just float. Other people are saying swim. Other people call for help. Uh, some people are like, you better have sunscreen because you're going to be fine, but you could get sunburned, and that could be what dude does you in. And then she's sinking more and more. And Next thing she knows, she's falling. She's spinning, and then boom, she hits something, and she goes, goes out cold. And as she sleeps, she dreams... The dreams of worms, of sandworms, and going deep into the desert for spice, snacking on sweet, sweet spice. And a blue-eyed devil named Kamal Glauchlin riding one of her ancestors. And then the joy of being tormenting lost souls in the uh, someplace between purgatory and heaven and hell those times and then 
when she had it out for ranchers out in the country and she ate a few of them. Just other worm dreams. Like she, you know, you dream of being an earthworm. And of course she has the nightmare just like we went over of like every earthworm that you caught on the sidewalk after a summer rainstorm. And either no one helps you, you get stepped on, bike, I mean, worst case scenario, bike runs over the middle of you while you're drying out and something smooshed the middle of you and you're dried and it's stuck to the sidewalk and then you slowly, I don't, I don't want to get into that, it's a terrible nightmare. And then she dreams she's at a, like earthworm comedy club and she's trying to think of jokes, but it's a dream, so... She's like making a lot of jokes about turtlenecks. And, you know, what's up with you guys with your turtlenecks and striped shirts? Got no necks. I don't know. You know, some jokes that are funny, though. What do you call a worm without a turtleneck? I don't know. What do you? I, I mean, yeah. You're asking yourself the same question, right? I'm waiting for the punchline. That's not coming. So that, then she, she starts to be like, man, am I dreaming? Because this is one lame dream. She comes to and she realizes that uh, she's still in worm form. She kind of moves around. She goes, okay, I'm in some kind of sand. And, and she's like, maybe I should turn myself back into a human. She kind of, she had the, like, um, the wand in one of her, her teeth that's not involved in the drilling, but that's involved in, like, that's involved in like combing the nutrients that these worms eat off of the rock that keep them alive. Similar to like a, a whale's, what do you call that thing? Baleen or whatever the frick it is. The, basically the uh, colander that the wet, in the whale's mouth that catches you know stuff and the whale eats it. The different plankton and zooplankton, phytoplankton. See, I know, <laughs> I know more than one plankton. Ectoplankton. Uh, God bless you. Um, Harold Ramis, goodbye. That's for you, ectoplankton. And that's, I'm sorry, that's probably depressing you if you heard it. So I'll probably just cut that out. Uh, ectoplankton. But yeah, so, you know, whales eat, so her, she has these teeth that kind of comb. It's a little tiny, uh, Cilia-like teeth, because I like to use cilia in this podcast, that comb the different nutrients off the rocks. So she she had her wand in there, but now it's gone. So she's like, okay, I'm stuck in the worm. So she's kind of enjoying the sand. It's nice and soft. So she's stretching and itch, itching different itches, and she knows she's dried off. So she doesn't have to worry about that weird... She's like, was that a dream with the... You know, about... Kyle the wizard and the water was taunting me. Was that real? I go, well, well, I gotta figure out where the heck I am. So she starts to kind of probe around. And then she's like, okay. She's kind of getting a sense of this worm sense. Which, again, it's probably some kind of chambers in her body with like a, a certain liquid that's a certain density and the air bubbles and you know, synapses probably surrounding it, ganglias, throwing a couple uh, mitochondria, I don't know. But no, probably some kind of air bubble, you know, 
that tells her like what's up, what's down, you know, what where's their higher barometric pressure if there's barometric pressure under the earth. I don't know these answers. But she's using that sense. And also a little bit of, you know, worm magic. So okay, I think the uh I sense, you know, some moisture this way, probably the evil moisture. So she's like gets gets ready, stretches one more time, shakes her tail all the way down to the end. Looks kinda you know, cute. And then boom, she goes to truck off. Right as she gives a heave ho, she gets pulled back. She's like, what the heck? And she realizes she's got straps attached to her big... Because they have these tusks, teeth, tusks, that she uses to drill. And there's like... um, The best I can tell you is like harnesses. It's like she's a dog or something. Giant dog. She's harnessed in. It becomes clear to her she's been captured... She tries to break free of her uh, chains. Can't do it. So she tries to test out. And she can, you know, move around pretty good in this, like, sand sand pit she's in. And she starts to probe and realizes it's pretty hard rock around her. And the only way to escape would be to rip her drilling teeth out, her drilling tusks. And then she wouldn't be able to get through this rock, probably bleed to death. So they got, I mean, whoever's got her pile, she's not sure. So she settles down, and she's trying to listen, and she starts to hear a lot of noise. Um, she notices some emotion stirring at one of the noises. It's very low noise for humans. just doesn't sound much. But she's like, man, that noise is like, it's giving her chills. She feels like crying, or the worm version of crying, since she's pretty much moisture-free. But she's like, huh. She gets a sense of, like, other world. Best guess, because Agatha was not full of compassion or empathy. But she's like, oh, I bet you there's some other worm suffering down here. And then she starts to, like, try to make this and she taps her head on the side of some of the rock and some of the you know crying stops and she feels a creature tapping so she's like huh this has got to be some kind of worm worm capture area and then she senses someone's watching her and she, she looks and she sees a and you gotta, you're gonna ask. You gotta be asking yourself, how do worms see, especially in this situation? Because she's tell us she's deep in sand, and you're gonna tell us now she's seeing clearly, right? Right, because she sees with uh, sonic, some sort of sonic vision. So, you know, blame it if you want to blame it on modern Daredevil comic book. I think that dude. I never read it, but I'm pretty sure he was getting by on sonic vision. This is you know made by Mother Nature, so it's much more powerful. She can see everything, three dimensions, color, in a different way than us. So quit asking your questions. They're good, intelligent questions. Congratulations. But that's how she sees sonically. Or whatever, sonarily. Whatever, I don't know. But anyhow, so she sees this dude coming at her. And he's a, looks like a seahorse. Like a, a, it's a humanoid seahorse. So, 
she sees him and he, he comes and he taps her on her on her face, her worm hole, you know, where the, her different her triangle of worm mouths come together. Ah, you're a feisty one, you are. Yeah, you'll make a good one for the arena. She's like, what do we got here? Like some sort of worm gladiator situation. He's going to make me into a worm gladiator. Ah, he goes, I sense you can hear me. It was a Balak Waka. And she says, what the fuck does Balak Waka mean? Oh, you are not one of the ancients. You must be a young one. You're large for something so young. Ah, I think I found this special one. You would do just fine. You will wait. We will introduce you soon in the arena today. And he swims off. I mean, and swims, I'm using, you know, he swims in sand. He's a sand horse, not a seahorse. If you want to get technical, he's not even a sand horse. He's like a sand horse man. So he swims off, the sand horse man. And she's thinking, great, I'm in some sort of gladiator probably situation. I'm going to have to f- kill some other worms and figure out a way to make a break for it. And then she, she goes, like, okay, I'm going to rest. So she starts to rest, and she kind of drifts off and sleep. And next thing she knows, she feels something tugging. She feels herself being dragged by her, her things to this, like somewhere. And then, boom, she breaks through the surface, and she's surrounded in this arena with tens of thousands of sea... Well, maybe not tens of thousands. Let's say thousands of seahorse, sandhorse people. Kids, mostly. Like a lot of kids, a lot of families. And sandhorse people seem to be a little bit bigger than nuclear families. So you're looking at, like, two sandhorse parents with, like, 8 to 12 sand kids. And they're everywhere. They're cheering. And she breaks through the surface. And then she sees the dude from below. And he's got a microphone. He's standing on, like, in front of all the people, right at the side of the the amphitheater. And she's kind of in, like, a sand pool. And they're all out of the sand, sitting in an open air, like, looking down at sand. And this is a translation. But he said, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, we have a special opportunity here at Sandworld to introduce you to the newest member of our flock, Yankee the Sandworm. Everybody starts cheering, and Agatha's just kind of looking like, waiting, you know, am I going to fight? Are they going to have sandworms fight in front of these two, these all these little kids? And the kids have, like, pennants and, and sand corn pop. Popped sand corn and sand cream, iced sand cream, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, merchandise, property of uh, Sand World Enterprises LLC. So they're all cheering. And she's like, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is a, just the newest member of our We just wanted to say hi, but we're going to teach her some new tricks and we're going to have a whole new show next. Next season here at Sandworld. So everybody say, say hello. Say one more big hello and welcome to Yankee. Everybody cheers again. All of a sudden there's like a boom. 
and like one of the walls explodes and then these other sand people come flying through there and then one guy jumps down knocks the uh, mic out of this the guy's hand who's speaking and this guy's like he's got like a black type ninja suit on with a headband it's sunglasses and the other people they look like a militia they grab it like well we're, we're setting this sandworm free and there's a couple of the people that came in with them they slash agatha's bounds and they're like what this set this place steals sandworms from our sand families look at you said what kind of kind of sand horse men and women are you you raise your children you keep them close you keep them safe and we just want the same for the sand worms we will have justice sandworm justice sandworm justice now most of the people are just staring at this dude because they paid about the equivalent of 78 us bucks just to get into sand world and i didn't even tell you about the rides but they suck it's just mostly shows all of a sudden their shows getting busted out they're getting judged but the guy's got a point, man. Agatha doesn't know the play to the sandworm, but it's not pleasant. I mean, you've seen Dune, Tremors, Beetlejuice. Sandworms have never been treated fairly in our culture. So just think about a culture that has them down deep, especially like a seahorse uh, type. You know, you know about seahorses, man. They're jerks. So sandhorses mixed with humans? Whew, judgment city, man. And, yeah, they're going to try to dominate everybody. So these sandworm, um, it's like, you know, sandworm liberation army. I mean, it's not because that's just too obvious, but they got some cool name. Like, uh, they're like, Yankee, let's get you the frickin' frick out of here. And then they blow a hole in, in the bottom of the pool. And it drains out. Whoosh, she's free-ish on the surface. Everybody's trapped. Cinderella, Penelope, Roland, all the people from Fairyland, all the fairy people, and all the human people. They're all trapped. Now, Pyle, that's Water God, has them all penned in on these little islands surrounded by streams of rushing water. So they're all in their little squares of land on either side, on all four square, sides of the square. There's rushing water. So just imagine yourself standing on the ground and then a square is carved out around you, surrounded by a trough of high-speed water. So if you fell in, you'd be rushed somewhere. Apparently this water rushes to some jagged rocks where you'd be smashed. And, and this water's rushing like the um, cement troughs you always hear about drainage basins as a kid that you shouldn't play in for a flash flood to, you know, the kid that, and it probably really happened, so if it happened, I'm sorry, but where, you know, you're playing and then there's a flash flood and you get swept to your doom. What? So there's no escaping, and everybody's got their own little square. Cinderella, Roland, and Penelope are all in the middle, and the most dangerous. It's just far enough between squares you really couldn't jump. Why would you risk it? You'd just still be trapped anyway. So they're trapped. So Cinderella's just sitting there thinking she's going to make a deal. She's waiting, stealing her nerves 
for pile. But meanwhile, not that far away on a hill, overlooking our fair city. You might remember that hill from the cheese smell story, because it overlooks the town. Up on that hill in a grove of trees is Agatha and her band of her merry band of sand rebels or thieves. Well, I was thinking of Robin Hood and his band of thieves. Are they his merry band of thieves or his band of merry thieves? But it doesn't matter. Agatha and the sand horse horse rebels are up there. And she's spotting and she's thinking, she's crafting. And she says, uh, she calls over Chetty Chetty Bong Bong. She says, you know, what's the distance on these uh, lava staff guns you seem to have? You know, oh, there's good distance on them. She goes, okay. She goes, here's what I want you to do is I want you to wait for my signal. And she goes, like, Okay, okay. Second, first, initial, first, first, first. Okay, got it? I got it. I got it. We got a Yankee. Okay. Agatha pulls out her wand, taps her forehead, turns into a giant worm, and dives. She dives down deep. She lets out this worm call. Some point. In between when the story last left off and when we got here, which is about and story time, even. It took him a few hours to, you know, gather everybody, get some rest. You know, before you go into battle, you want to get some rest and eat to make sure. So they rest and eat, and she learned a couple of worm words. So she's diving, and she's like, whoa, She dives down deep, and then she, like, she starts to get a gathering of worms going. She starts giant worms, and they start gathering around her down deep in the uh, lower earth crust. We're not in the mantle territory. We've got worms coming from the upper mantle. She, she starts to talk to them. And she's even getting a hold of like regular, like higher intelligence level uh, crust worms, which we don't. And um, in our world, to have a lot of interaction with uh, near mammalian worms, but in this worm, in this world, let's, let's not get into it. I'm not a phenolog- uh, you know, zoologist, so uh, I don't even know their phyla. <laughs> uh, so she's like uh, talking, talking all worms. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So she that's the plan that she explains to him. And she goes, you know, ready, break. All the worms split up. Meanwhile, up on the surface... You know, everybody's just sitting around. And, and to be honest, they don't have sun... You know, I don't even know what they did back then about sunscreen. I mean, I guess that's why the 
princesses wore those hats with all the scarves and stuff hanging off it because otherwise you get pretty sunburned, especially if you're sitting on a piece of um, just a square of land surrounded by rushing water. <clears throat> and I don't know, you know, what evil wizards' tolerance for sunburn captives are. Now, luckily, back then, I guess they had more ozone or something, so sunburn's not that big. You know, there's some a little bit of cloud cover, let's say. So meanwhile, on the surface, everybody's sitting around, and um, it's weird, like, the humidity starts to pick up a little bit. And the temperature starts to rise a little more. It starts to get misty. Everybody's like, it's like you're standing too close to a humidifier. And then they notice, like, it starts to get real misty, almost like foggy, like a steamy, hot fog. Soon everyone's enveloped in this foggy mist, and you can't really see more than, like, a foot in front of your face. And Penelope, what what evil magic is this pile? What are your plans for us? And everybody starts... People are, you know, nervous. When you can't see things, you get scared. Roland draw, draws a sword, but if he goes to draw a sword, he realizes they don't have it. Pile, you leave Cinderella. Cinderella, are you all right? And Penelope's like, Cinderella, if you don't let him take your Cinderella, let us know you're safe. I'm safe. And Pile, I won't have it. I won't have this pile. Come face us and let us know what you want. Goodbye, Pile. And all of a sudden, Cinderella's, oh, no. Ah, ah! You could go silent. And then Roland, Roland's like, Cinderella, Cinderella, and he's looking around. I mean, Roland's ready to leap, and then Penelope's like, No, Pile, I'll, I'll have my vengeance on you. And people are crying and, and screaming and panicking, and then Penelope's voice cuts out, and then Roland's voice cuts out. Then slowly, silence penetrates the mist. And I don't know if silence can penetrate it, but it becomes pervasive. It's just a silent mist. Floating. And then finally, like, Pile must have got wind of this. And the mist starts to break. Now, I don't know what Pile was off doing, but he sucks in the mist into into the water and then rises out of the water, the rushing water. And he looks around and everyone's gone. And there's little holes where everyone's gone. No! No! And he, like, you know, goes to, like, shake his fist in fury with their water. And he's, like, flame. And he sees the holes. And he points his arms down there and rush. Water rushes into the, all the holes. No, Pyle doesn't know is, is you know, if you're going to fill up holes with water, you don't want to do it in anger. So his first effort kind of clogs the holes. So it takes him a little bit to start to fill the holes in the old um, Caddyshack water in the hole um, to get the groundhog way. But eventually he does. Meanwhile, what? Agatha came up with a plan. And all the people are riding seahorses or holding on, holding on to sand horses and they're being rushed to freedom. And they get to the cavern where they had last met. And uh, Agatha's like, 
Agatha, they all see Agatha standing with these sandhorse rebels, and, and she's standing next to uh, Chetty Chetty Bong Bong. Cinderella rushes and Roland and Penelope hug her. We, we thought you left us. We thought we were gone. She goes, no, no. So we have to hurry. You know, I can hear the water coming. And they're like, Mrs. Agatha, Yankee, Yankee, we have to hurry to get these people to safety. And everyone's like, a lot of people are riding on these giant, you know, the giant, a lot of people are riding on giant worms, which I didn't mention earlier, a second ago, but you know, everyone's just waiting. Agatha's like, okay, I'm going to rush over to that. We're going to go to the pa- untouched palace and we're going to keep everyone safe there. There's a room there. Like, yes, but. Only the one that's meant to enter can. And she's like, I'll, we'll enter it no matter what. You talked, maybe this is what the prophecy is. And I have to help Cinderella keep her people safe. And I would, I've sworn to help you. And Cinderella walks up and she, she sees that Chetty Chetty Bomb Bong was the leader. She says, I want to thank you and offer my services for saving us. If what Agatha says is true and you need our help, you know, we, we will offer it. And, and uh, they look each other over. And you could tell, I mean, if this was a movie, animated or not, you know, they had, they share a moment, these two. Chatter, chatter, bomb, bomb, and Cinderella. Mo- but it's only a moment, it's broken. It's broken by this thunderous sound of a lightning cannon. <laughs> then slowly a wall collapses in the giant chamber they're in. And these... Strange tanks come through. And the rebels are like, oh, oh. And then psh, another hole opens. And that come more tanks and, and straight up professional soldiers come through. Sandhorse soldiers. And the ultra modern, like these are cool ass tanks with like these lightning, dual lightning guns. Uh, PA system on the tanks. So, we have you surrounded. Drop your weapons. We expect no fighting. Uh, Ron's like, oh, I don't see they're surrounded. They only have us on two sides. So. Uh, I said, well, the pile's coming. She sees dripping water. She says, oh, great. This is just not what we need. I said, what? Chetty Chetty Bang Bang said, what do, what do you want? We're, uh, we're helping these people. We've been called by a surface world world is for help. And the general hops off the tank and walks up to Chetty. and goes, ah, Chetty, Chetty, bang, bang. It's been a long time. Once we were best friends. But you did not drink of your mother's milk. You drank of warm milk. You did not understand the way of the well. Well, well, we are here to stop you and the surface worlders. The water in the well spoke to us. Said you want to take away. But your plan is to fulfill the pro- that you plan on fulfilling the prophecy. Taking away what we want. Taking away the treats and the joys and the pleasures. Disrupting the way of the well. My brother, you must know of the well. Of want has never been good for our people. You know it has never been good for our people, and then we could talk for hours about But these these folks, these surface worlders, 
they face a, a evil. They face the evil of pile. They are facing pile. The essence of darkness. We are sworn to help them. Chada chada bong bong. I cannot let you pass. I cannot let you escape, fool. I represent the will of the people and the well. I cannot let you all escape. I'm taking you all, my pri- And all of a sudden, everything starts. The whole ground starts to shake around everybody. Around the tanks, around the fairy people, around the sand rebels, around the humans. And they notice then they're suddenly starting to thrust upward. And like water's going ahead of them and spraying out a hole. And water must be lifting this platform they're on. Next thing they know, boom. They're back up in the center of town. And they're kind of like in a reverse sinkhole. Where piles, water power, just push them back up to the surface. I guess like a water earth elevator. Probably the first time it's been invented by an evil wizard, unfortunately. And I guess a pretty rare power to have the like power to control an element in this way. So probably not replicable. But yeah, he was able to move the earth. Yeah, because he stabilized it with water, and he used the water for drilling. Anyway, they're back on the earth, back in town, everybody. And they're right on the edge of, uh, right in the middle of town, right by the uh, portal to fairyland. And you can tell Pyle's kind of regathering his water into some concentrated form, just like the uh, Terminator in Terminator 2. Cinderella says, quickly, people, we must work together. This is the only way we'll be able to stop the wizard Pyle. He's gather, regathering his strength right now. If we could all work together, we could become... We could defeat him. And everyone's like, uh, 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 We got lightning weapons. We don't need your help. And Rose's like, We got our lava weapons. Cinderella, you ruined everything. We could have had a perfectly nice life. You know, I, I was a middle class. I had, I had a flower shop. Now I have nothing. And the fairy... You know, I... I've spent every day in my garden in the morning and afternoon, and I just did my job, and I enjoyed it. And now you, 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 with your pretty little perfect face and your pouty lips and your button nose, you fucked it all up. Duh. Everybody's just still mad. Why can't you just, like, uh, what, does anyone have any magic? We just go back in time to the way things were. Wow. Even Cinderella, she's, 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 struck by how things have turned against her and how no one she's like negative what's swooned in a bad way like she's about to faint and she's just like defeat beaten defeated and then piles piles comes strutting in as a water human about six foot four looks just like old pile but slightly translucent And he just chuckles. Ha, 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 ha. Ah, Cinderella, Agatha, thank you for bringing me these fine soldiers of weapons of lava and lightning. Ah, now I can rule the underworld. I already controlled you with the well of want. Finally got a grasp of how to use that. New fairy people. I was listening, and you could go back. Would you like to go back to the way things were? 
I could easily banish these monsters from your land and return you. You could return to doing your work. New underworld sand people, you could return to doing what you want. In exchange for having me as your ruler, doing little chores I assign you, you won't even be aware of it because it'll be from your well of work. Well, part of getting from the well of want will be accomplishing little tasks I send you out on. Conquering this kingdom of that. I can do away with these rebels that don't want to work with me. These rabble-rousing, stone-faced women and puffy-faced grandmothers. And you, Cinderella of all. You know, people are kind of like in shock because, you know, idea of working for pile it, on the surface it sounds good but uh, you know everybody's guts are kind of like uh oh this guy's kind of a jerk and uh cinderella's not sure she's even she's like hmm how am i gonna bargain with this dude pile says uh ah sp speech to say cinderella says, well let's make a bargain pile says there'll be no bargain my way or you'll die all of you. Every single man, woman, child, fairy godmother, fairy fa godfather, fairy cousin father, sand rebel, sand child, sand worms. You either work for pile or you die. It is that simple. So who? What you thirst? A silence falls over. Cinderella's kind of crying. Because she doesn't know what to do. All of a sudden, the ruling says, I'll choose first. Pile, you could take my life as an example. I want all of you to be safe. I know that that choice would be much easier. If you watch me, I know the value of your life will be much more meaningful if you, if you see me lose mine. I was ah, exactly. He said, go ahead, back up towards that portal of monsters. And all the monsters are right up against the portal, snapping and snapping. And, um, well, I just have a few things I want to say. One, Cinderella. It's been my honor serving you. And that is enough to make my life fulfilled. I've learned something greater than love called service to a leader. A real leader that has caring. And Roland starts this long speech. He's quoting Larry of Ladybird and these, these other childhood heroes like um, the Elfkins, which was a, another story his mom used to tell him about these elves that lived in the woods. And he's just going on and on. And meanwhile, you know, Agatha and Penelope, they're watching Cinderella, and they can't believe Cinderella's broken, and Chad Chatty Bong Bong, his, their hearts are breaking. The monsters are... Like, Roland's backed up. He's speaking. He's right against the thing. And the monsters are banging against the thing, like I said. 
and Chai Chetabamba, and even sees like this evil mutated acid spitting worm monster. Oh, that's so sad. That worm changed into a nasty beast. And I guess, oh my god, like, what, wait a second. You know, what if we, uh, if he tries to back roll and then we free the, uh, the lava, you know, we could, the volcano, we turn the volcano on a pile. Well, the volcano, no, your volcano weapons didn't stop him, so it'll turn to a mist and then I'll just regenerate. And the Penelope goes, what if I change the mon, what if I change the monsters into, into giant dogs and they lick pile up like water? And he's like, no, no, he'll just blow out their stomachs. Or and he's like, no, no, that was. He's like, shit, I think he's got us. And meanwhile, Roland's speak, speech kind of draws to a close. And as much as I would have liked to give you a speech and have it say it was like inspiring, but the most inspiring stuff he said was what he said to Cinderella. The rest of it was kind of nonsense. And maybe it was just Roland trying to buy some time, like, but. He's backed up, and Pyle says, And now I want all of you to watch the cost of defying me. And Cinderella kind of says, you, I, I won't open the portal, and you need my rock hand to open the portal. And Pyle just laughs and wraps some water around her, shoves her arm right in the portal. portal opens up. He shoves, shoves rolling in towards the monsters, and hope you're asleep because Roland this, the monsters take Roland and, and Roland sacrifices his life and luckily he was hit by a poison dart by um, these frog monsters that shoot darts so he wasn't mutate, mutilated he just got hit in the heart with a Poison dart and he falls to his knees. Pyle laughs and as he starts, as Roland passes from this world into the next, Pyle like shoots something, water at him that instantly freezes Roland to the statue, like freezes all his liquids and stuff. Roland says that statue will remain frozen, crystallized forever, so that you will all remember. The cost of defying me. And Cinderella raised her hands and she says, Okay, Pyle. I offer myself and my people to do with as you wish with just one small caveat. That any suffering or punishment due upon the people is done upon me first as an example. Any punishment you plan to met even to the verge of death, any torture, any humiliation, just do unto me first so that these people will remain without harm. Please, do as he wishes. And he said, Pa said, Ah, you are a leader. Fortunately for you, a good leader. But you lose. I will keep you safe with me, Cinderella. High in a tower for all to watch. Any time any one of you makes a mistake, if it is not death, you will have to watch your princess suffer and know 
you will be the it will follow you as well. And Agatha just kind of like wandered over to the statue of Roland and Penelope, and she Agatha's just kind of holding her hand to his cheek because she was the first one. She's really at a loss. And Penelope's kind of uh, he was a good man, you know. Kind of doing a side. It's not that big of a deal, pile, because they're not up to anything. And then I guess this is her self, like he's crystallized. It's not even. It's not even cold. She looks from Roland. It's crystallized, crystal. And she looks over at the sand, horses of sand. She crystal sand. Penelope, I may have the solution. As a child, we live not far from the desert. And my mother, she would make jewelry from the crystals. One day I asked my mother, where, mother, where do the crystals come from that you gather and sell, that we gather and you sell and you make into jewelry? And she said, oh, oh, my dear, it's so funny. She goes, we make our living from sponge poop. So dear, there's a, these sponges that live in the desert and they wait the rainfall and they suck in the rainfall and they use uh, everything in the rainfall to fuel their bodies and the only thing left are these crystals and that's their poop because the sponges poop crystals no one knows that they're wearing jewels of poop sponge poop isn't that funny but now we just stares at it like shit you got bonkers huh and I says, don't you get it? Just change all those monsters into sand sponges now. Giant sand sponges. And then Penelope gets it. She busts out her wand. And Penelope... And she goes, did you hear that, fairies? Sand sponges now. Every monster. And there's like about 60... So they start shooting their wands at the sand the sponge uh, the monsters, changing them to sand sponges. Agatha's like, throw the sponges at pile. And this pile's like in the middle of you know his James Bond victory speech, where he's not even killing James Bond. He's like, I already beaten Bond, already gave up. And then people start picking up the sponges and throwing them and grab a sand sponge. And everyone grabs sand sponges, they throwing them at pile. People are running and shoving them on pile. Piles getting hit by sponges, and sponges just start slurping them up. And these sponges, I mean, they're in the desert. So they're, I mean, you remember the ShamWow? I mean, these sponges are like a billion times more absorbent. They have to suck the dew out of air to survive. And, I mean, any rainfall at all, they absorb absorb it, any moisture. So they suck, more, they suck pile dry, and pile's trying to fight. These sponges, they ain't letting go of the liquid. Then Cinderella's like, hurry, gather the sponges up, gather them up. Throw them in a, grab a bucket. And they throw the bucket and they gather all the sponges up. And and piles stuck in these sponges. And, and she says, place the bucket. Place the bucket next to, next to Roland. So they push the bucket over next to Roland. Meanwhile, Cinderella's got her hand in the, the portal, you know, keep it open. What, you, what, what Agatha didn't say, Agatha's mom might not have known this, it takes like hundreds of years to slow digestion 
to break down the elements of water and turn them into crystal for these sponges. And so it's incredibly painful for the water. So piles about years and years of torture in this bucket, and even though water technically, and he starts letting it, he's just letting out these horrible screeches and everyone's covering his ears. Horrible. So Cinderella just pulls her arm out from the portal and the portal shuts and you can barely, if you stand close enough to the portal, you can hear the horrible sound, but obviously it kind of taints fairyland forever that there's a, he's just going to be tor- slowly digested and turned into crystal inside these sponges forever or close to for, for him it's going to feel like 10 lifetimes everyone's gathering around the portal and kind of they're all in shock and Cinderella turns to Agatha and she says stepmother you saved us the rebels go it's true you are the one from the prophecy and everyone gathers and even the 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 uh, sand soldiers they seem to be shaken out of some days. And every, most people are in a daze. I mean, their world's really been turned upside down. And they, a lot of people go to their knee. And they bow to Agatha. And they're like, our new queen. Yegi. Agatha. We salute you. The prophecy has proven true. Yegi. Agatha. Untouched palace awaits you. I know these are your people to rule as well. And then the fairies go on their knees and the humans. So you you saved us from the wizard pile. You know, everyone's just in, in shock. Like she, almost like she's a demigod come down from the heaven. And uh, they're all on their knees bowing. They're like, Yankee, you could live in the surface world and our world. But we will all bow to you as queen. And Agatha looks and she even Cinderella says, you know, she puts her hand on the stepmother's back and steps behind her. She's like, I think I think it's, this is right. You always wanted to live in the palace. Now I know why, stepmother. For you, you're the queen. She goes to take her crown off, which has amazingly and unexpectedly remained on Cinderella's head this whole time. We've almost been unaware of it because she's been on a quite a whirlwind in the past couple of weeks. And Agatha stops her and she says, No, Queen, I'm not. And this man, she looks, points over at Roland. That man was not a king, but he made a sacrifice greater than any king could. But while well, he was a great man, he was not a leader. He was not one with an openness to the heart that it takes to care for each and every one of you. And I do not have that. I am a schemer. I can come up with plans and I'm swift on my feet, right? I'm smarter than most of you folks. Let's not beat around the bush. And I like that these sand people think I'm a beautiful woman. Like some of you, some of you, I won't be forgetting. But this is a queen. Beauty aside, queen or king. It is not what is on the outside that matters. 
I guess it's not on the inside, really, either. It's something that goes well beyond that. Something I don't have, but you do, Cinderella. Sandhorse people, you might not know Cinderella. This is my stepdaughter, Cinderella. I was a terrible stepmother to her, tortured her, threw her, made her count lentils one time, covered in ash. Made her life quite unpleasant with my two daughters, who I haven't seen in a while, but I know they're among all you humans in here somewhere. But she is the right one. Maybe your prophecy is a bit off. Cinderella is a worthy leader, and over the past few times I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, Cinderella this, oh, Cinderella that, oh, the old life, oh, it's so great, oh, well. It's all garbage, you people. For as long as this woman lives, she will treat you with fairness and goodness. She is our queen. With that, Penelope gets on her knees, kisses Cinderella's hand. And I would be honored to serve you, queen. If you'll have me. Cinderella's so touched, she's speechless. And I'm kind of speechless. I mean, Cinderella should be queen. And Agatha's come a long way since she started out as just a a patient stepmother, was I think the first or second episode, just waiting her time to get into the castle, and that's all she seemed to want it. But Agatha seemed to have come a long way, and so has Cinderella. And Roland obviously has come a long way. He's not with us anymore, and I'm sorry. Those of you that planned on wedding Roland or loved him. But he's a hero, and will always be. Penelope, she seemed to come a little bit of ways. Not quite as far as everyone else, but I think she's grown. And folks, this is... I didn't. I wasn't sure tonight would be the uh, last episode of the season for After the Glass Slipper, but this is an end for now. And we'll still have episodes, but it won't, for a little while we're going to take a break from this story. Because it's in a good place to take a break. Because everything's good. And I'm sure... Things won't be good for long, but let's give these people a chance to recover. Cinderella, Agatha, sand people, fairy people, human people. See, you know, we'll check back with them. them. I promise. And thanks for sticking out and enjoying this story, if you have, or the parts of it that put you to sleep. I hope at least a tiny part of this story found its way into your heart. Or into your dreams. Okay? And I'm, I'm getting a little, uh, I guess I, I don't know if I'm trying to fill dead air or I actually am uh, human and having a feeling here, but probably just filling dead air because my job's to bore you to sleep, not carry you to sleep. I'm a boredom superhero, not a caring superhero. But I kind of care. That's not true. I care, and I hope if you're not asleep and you're still listening, that that helps you in some way. You know, maybe i give you a little, maybe roll and sacrifice, which is much more than mine, of just taking a little time to help you fall asleep. Maybe that could create something warm inside you that makes you feel safe and comforted, and that you could curl up with that if with nothing else. And whatever agony or anxiety or whatever is creeping at your door, 
go ahead and snuggle up with that piece of Roland or that piece of Agatha or Penelope or Cinderella. Or if you feel dark, you know, there might have been some good things about the wizard pile or the rebel. Yeah, maybe you're into the bad boy, like uh, Chatty Chatty Bong Bong. You know, go for it. Snuggle up with him. Just take that feeling of safety, security, and caring with you tonight, okay? Get a good night's rest, and we'll be back Thursday night. Don't worry. It just won't be with After the Glass Slipper for a little while. Or not, I don't know. I don't want to lie to you. I don't know how long it'll be, but I'll be back. I don't think I could stay away from Magatha for very long. Thanks for listening so much, and I hope getting some rest. Oh, fuck daylight savings time, too. And if you're not in the U.S., go ahead and look that up. Night.